Hey, let's start the show. It's April 13th, 2011. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, wearing a lovely gingham shirt, Norman Chan. How are you doing, Norm? I like that you now use that word in your vocabulary. Gingham. Lovely or gingham? Gingham. I knew what gingham was before we discussed gingham, gingham this morning. Gingham? gingham. It's like it's like a cross hatches, but um, alternating lightness and darkness. It's like what you'd see on the table of a, an Italian restaurant. Well, it's, it's actually the same yes. pattern. Like you can have a different size gingham. This is a big gingham, though. No, this, no, no, you made this mistake earlier in a video. This is actually medium gingham. You can have large gingham, which is about like a... An inch to inch and a half in um, fucking in, bananas in length for each another square. fashion faux pas committed early. Know. Medium, medium podcast. Miskatonic, Gary Weta, how you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Norm, so now Norm dropped a few geek points this yeah. morning. When I yeah, came in and he didn't know what Miskatonic was. I still don't. Very. This is something you picked up at uh, WonderCon. Correct. It's another WonderCon in the hall. Find. Okay, you'll be seeing my WonderCon T-shirts for a few. Are you meeting them out? Yeah, I'm just you know rolling them out. You know, debuting them one at a time. Hey, just so you know, I reserved the only free tested T-shirt we're giving out. Going to you, Gary Weta. Wonderful. It's just the the the, the blockheads. The blockheads. Oh, yeah, I mean, people are receiving those I mean, right now. Very, yeah, they're they're shipping now. You know, it's very important when you buy new shirts at a convention. Usually, you buy you know maybe a half dozen. Right. At most, I don't. I don't see anyone really going to a convention walking away with a dozen new T-shirts. I, you know, picked, first, I only picked up three this yeah, year. You know, I tried to be more discerning this right. year. If you go to a Comic Con, it's a really big show. You might walk away with maybe six to yeah, ten. The, the first time I went to Comic Con, I came back with a whole bag full, and I made the mistake of going to that tall place with the, all the the like the licensed shirts. You know what? Oh, really the wall, the shirts one where you bad. can walk like oh. actually inside. Yeah, it. that's that's that's. I that's always a trap. I always go in there because it kind of feels like playing forts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like it's. Really like going to those janky like um, those markets where they have the shirts because you have the yeah. guy like to take the shirts yeah. and he gets it's a like a flea hook, market. He gets a big yeah. hook and, and then brings he it puts down. it down. Like it just feels but real, it's all the shady. most obvious licensed stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like it's being a hot not topic. Not clever at all. Oh well, the thing is, like the thing that I bought there were DC character logo shirts because I I right. never had if one you of those. Want I always green, wanted if one you of those. Want a Green Lantern or a Wonder Woman or a Batman shirt? Then they right. they will. Well, I went with the Flash. Right. But they're not even on great shirts. It's no, the it's most bad generic, shirts. like Gildan shirt. And here's the thing: when you buy the shirts, you never want. To, even though you want to wear it new, like I'm sure, is this the first time you've worn this uh, this shirt? This is the first. I'm debuting. This, this is the virgin yeah, wearing. See, there's a difference between the first time you wear it and the debut. The debut should always be after you wash it once. Really? Yes. Why is that? Because the first time you wear it, the creases are. It, it, feels it looks like it was stiff. folded heavily. And you can clearly tell it's never as comfortable. And you there, want to, to wash huh. it once so it's, it, you know it's, that's going to be shrunken down to it, the most shrunken it is. All Your right. sleeves look a little big right now, Gary. No, I didn't want to say anything. With another tip. Yeah. yeah. Like right now, you look like someone who walked out of a concert and, and put on a shirt. You mean uh, the one that you it, bought at the concert? Noob. I didn't realize it was going to be so judgy. Wow. He's kind of a dick. This is kind all of. because he didn't know what Miskatonic was. I mean, we're all being, wait, yeah, that's, he's trying to throw it back <laughs> right, at me. Right. Because that's the thing. That's why I like to wear t-shirts like this and why you like to wear, you're, you're wearing a staple, your, your French 
uh, Mario I have that shirt. It's T-shirt. Right. Because we like, yeah, then, then this is not a pipe. We like to affect yes. our kind of Portlandia attitude and go, as people look at our show, we, we go, oh, you've probably never heard of it. Right. What, what's it, the, oh, what does your shirt mean? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. To you. Because you're not hipstery enough. Yeah. So first we'll go over what, Gary, what your shirt means. I'm not going to tell you what it means. Oh I feel like God. you should do your own work on this. So you should show like I, I have an it. iPad right here. I can Google it. Why don't you Google it right uh, now? I'm sure if you work. Right, Gary Google, and I can carry on and have I'm a sure pleasant conversation. sure if you Google the word miskatonic, you will, you will very quickly be face palming as you realize yes. what a huge part of, uh, of geek uh, culture. Or alternately, not, he'll be mocking not getting. you. Yes. So... The other thing about shirts is that, like, Will's wearing his uh, his threadless, this is not a pipe, Mario slash painting, you know. Right. A Magritte shirt. painting, uh, I believe. I have the exact same shirt. Yes. We both have the Blockhead shirts, and we yes. also both have very similar shirts from Gamago. Yes. Someone pointed this out in one of our videos. We need to do a better job of coordinating. Sometimes we look shirts. like twinsies. What shirts we're wearing? Okay, well, especially when you wore that the, the same blockhead T-shirt. I mean, that was terrible. Well, but that was that was and you guys ever. And here's the thing: completely coincidental. We got the shirt on Friday. I did laundry. I thought Norm was going to wear it on Monday, so I didn't wear it. I thought Norm was going to wear it on Tuesday, so I didn't wear it. We didn't speak of this, of course, because dudes. Wednesday, I was like, okay, clearly he's not going to wear the blockhead shirt to work. It's safe to wear. And then I walk in, and what, and what the fuck do I see? But Norman Chan sitting at his desk. You guys need to com- communicate with the blockhead shirt on. And you know what? It was. That was actually after I washed it the first time. Again, also after Say, I washed it the first so, time. So uh, again, adherence to the rule: the debut is after the first wash. Okay. So this is a Lovecraft thing. I'm, yes. I'm you're not a Lovecraft I'm not a big, guy. I think I told okay. you this before. I'm not a big Lovecraft guy. It's like and my, also, my, it's, me and Garrison Keeler. It's a university shirt, and the ones, the other ones, actually look more like university emblems. Like well, it doesn't have wearing. the outline. Just says. Does, I like this one because it's understated. I, I like an understated T-shirt. I saw uh, speaking of your T-shirt as well. I saw a, a, oh, boy. a an Apple. Uh, MacBook that had the "This is not an Apple" engraved onto the uh, that's funny. onto the lid above the Apple logo. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I put it's, it's messing with your semantics. I put a sticker on my on my MacBook the other day. I've never done that before. Well, over the logo, over the logo. I thought you only had to do that if you were on a TV show. No, no, no. I, I, I <laughs> mine, right. mine. I, I got a squid sticker from Gamago, and it looks like the squid is wrapping its tentacles around the oh, logo. Okay, yeah, which I found entertaining. All right, we're mentioning a lot of Gamago because. The Those guys, dudes were here on Friday. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, we met them at WonderCon, and they stopped by to watch our live show, uh, which is also why Will was wearing one of those shirts. Uh, on, on <laughs> because I had show. foolishly worn a green T-shirt that day, and like, they the, were kind the enough screen. to bring us now, a couple now, of T-shirts. Why do you and, always dual layer? Why do you always uh, wear a second T-shirt under the I'm, first one? I'm sweaty. He well, wouldn't you be more sweat? Wouldn't that just make you sweat more? Oh, no, but, uh, see, it's an absorptive, yeah, absorptive so layer. The, okay. the, the nice shirt, the outer, right. the... The dress up shirt, t shirt. He doesn't want to ruin that. You want to make that last as long as possible. I, I love my shirts. I respect them. Yeah. I take because you don't want to get like you know sweat stains or right. like deodorant stains. Right. And the, the larger problem is so the deodorant stains are also a problem because yeah, like the yellow sweaty thing is a is like a biological thing that people have. Basically, it's not good. And here, here's another question: When you wash your shirt, you should always wear it. Now I know, I know, anyway. well, because you don't do your laundry. That was I, one of the benefits. I, I do my laundry of, of getting married. Um, That's totally sexist. <laughs> Things I have heard some people in this office say. I do laundry. I do laundry. Um, I do it poorly so that when <laughs> I uh, uh, basically my wife sorts like 35 loads out, right? There's like the unmentionables. There's 
whites. Then there's jeans that don't get dried. This is this is the most boring podcast well, no, 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 so far. I, I, but there's a point. The point I just is, do two loads, darks and lights. She doesn't like that, so I don't have to do the laundry. I do the dishes instead. And so is your theory that if you do your own laundry but do a very bad job of it so you still look bad when you leave the house, she'll eventually do it for you so that she doesn't have to be embarrassed no, no, no. by the way you look? My theory is that's that – that's a pretty good plan. Well, that 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 is a thought, but I I don't think she is. Gonna, You're not that deep. She's beyond embarrassment about the way I look at this uh, point. Okay. Does she never say to you like, "Is that is that how you're going out?" She uh, <laughs> she doesn't say, are, "Are you wearing that out?" No, I, I haven't gotten that one in really? years. Really, gotten that in a while. Um, I used to get that when I wore cargo shorts a lot. I still she's get anti cargo shorts. I still get it, but only usually when I'm when I'm trying to wear sweatpants out of the house. There's a more passive aggressive way of. Uh, of I wish. Of, of I that, wish right? we lived. If I could change one thing about okay, the world. Okay, Costanza. I'm with him on this. It wouldn't be the debt or poverty or any of world hunger. It would just be I would make it socially acceptable to wear sweatpants out. Good God, man. Never, never. Um, Women got away with it. They started bedazzling their asses on sweatpants and suddenly it's okay. Dude, I don't even wear sweatpants to pick up – like when I – when I at 11 o'clock on Thursday night and I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot to take the trash out. I got to roll it out or get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. You get dressed up. I put on a pair of jeans. No, come on. No, no, no. I put on the dungarees. No. Last night I took the trash out yeah. just in my in my underpants. Oh, why are you going to do that? <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's cold outside. I, for the love of God, I hope you were wearing boxers. It's cold where you can live. We, can we talk about some technology? Anyway, no, no. Back to the laundry oh thing. Do you flip your shirts inside out before? Yes. Okay. My wife, also, I don't, no, I don't put that much thought into it. That's very important. Gina, flipping, When Gina washes them, she doesn't do that. The only oh. thing she does that do with is, jeans. The only thing I do is separate whites from... from uh, colors from colors that's, and, that, that's and, that, and, that, and that's only when the colors are very uh, relatively new <laughs> oh, segregation I, I was afraid you were going somewhere else with that when you say that's only when the colors that's because you have a yeah. racist oh my mind, god man me. the the thing that's terrible i, I apologize the thing about oh, i don't even know what we're talking about anymore but the, the thing about you the can shirts, tell it's been a slow week in tech news can't you <laughs> yeah well I, I like I like to think that the shirts are something fleeting. So I wear them, and then when they start getting ratty, they re- get retired. Or more like when you say, see other people wearing them, and you realize you're hipster. Well, the yeah. shirts that I like, shirts that you like, shirts that well, I used to like. Exactly. There, yeah. There, there is a I – mean, maybe it's like a long-term test. You get a new shirt and then see how many washes a shirt can go through over time. Well, that would depend on the quality of the shirt. Well, I mean, just, this you know, is the, the test. American Apparel, yeah, and uh, and and like a four color screen print. I could do that and just put it, right? put those two shirts you in every load of dark laundry, right? But like, you wait a week and then you and you keep track and, and you, a notebook. See, see how many times it, it, you know. Before what's the, the shirt what's the oldest out? piece of clothing that you own that you still wear? I have some I've sweaters. Got, I've, I've I have got, some old sweaters. I've got t-shirts and shirts that are more than ten years old. I don't wear them very often, but you know they. Yeah. But you know what it's like. It's like what guys don't like to throw away old shoes because they come. They become like old buddies. You do they develop a sentimental well. attachment. I, yeah, I right? found my Doc faded, Martens, my 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 concert. They're, they're docs real from faded, college. not pre-faded. Really? Yeah, they're all. They're, they were in the garage. I used them to paint at one point. There you go. Kind of sad now. Yeah. So. The, the reason you like we had this conversation started because Gary pointed out the Will's wearing two shirts. It's not that you. It's like there's nothing wrong with wearing two shirts. Is that. Your white shirt always sticks up. Over I know, yeah, but I know. That's a, but that's a look, though. That's not necessarily. That a, I don't thing? think that is a look. Oh, that you think, is, oh, oh, that, is, oh, that is not. This a look. is something that, you've had quite no, a range you know, about. The neck is okay. What you don't want is, is the, the sleeves. sleeves. I know. Oh. The sleeves, you don't want the sleeves are, coming down. The poor. Folding. I could start wearing like tank tops, but I don't think they're going to solve the sweat the, problem. The, the trick is like a V-neck. Fuck V-neck. Or dude. you could go with the long sleeve undershirt, and that's no, no, that's I'm not. I'm not cool enough. Skateable. I'm not. I'd have to get. I'd start wearing Vans if I was going to do that. Exactly. Like jorts. I'm not good at skates, at skateboards. We would have to shave his beard. Fuck that. Fuck that. Um, gentlemen, should we talk about technology? Let's. Must play we? interstitial music. 
So what, what? Okay, we've been testing. We've tested stuff this week and things. Uh, uh, just shot an iOS browser, alternate browser kind of quick look, I guess is what we would call that. I mean, it was, I mean, I don't know what we're going to call it, but it basically a, a roundup of, of alternate yeah, browsers. Norm and I over the last week have spent time with the three kind of big iOS alternate browsers. And actually a couple of them are available on Android too. Uh, Skyfire, uh, Mercury and, uh, Atomic. It's interesting I don't think I'm going to use any of those browsers full time on the iPad just because they're they're there's some jank in all of them. Uh, I, ha- I have no jank and I'm fine. I think I think a lot of people have this like disconnect and that's it's not just with um, iPad and iOS, but the difference between third party and stock. People just trust stock. Well, software yeah, more because they think it's going to be better integrated. I think that, I, hold on, just to be clear, you're saying you think Apple is better. Is it, some dude working in his basement is going to be better at producing quality software than a giant team of people at Apple or wherever? I think uh, all things being equal, no, but things are not equal, and Apple runs a business. And I, I think t- I tell you something: people that that jailbreak uh, and create their own themes yeah. for iPhone certainly believe that, even though most of those themes are absolutely hideous. Yeah, and and only accentuate the importance of professional Design. GUI designers. Right. Um, I mean, in this case, I agree. Norm is right. The 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 features, the the fact that some of these third party browsers are pr- implementing features that we don't see in the stock browser, either on Android or iOS. Is good, and and the point of the video isn't that you know this is the absolute one browser you must use and don't use Safari anymore. The point is to show people be comfortable about trying new browsers. You might like it. I wonder if there's if there's if it's already happening or we're going to see the development of something similar to what we have in games now. But you know, like the mod community, like the guys that created Team Fortress, obviously went on to yeah um, get get called up to the majors. Got called up to the they got hired by Valve, and Valve hires a lot of these Mm -hmm. these guys. I wonder if it's if it would be possible to create a an app or a browser alternative or something like that where Apple would go, my God, this guy's a genius, and, well, the, like, and then he's working for Apple. I mean, I think that's already happening. I know uh, on the Google side when they they've pulled people in, I'm sure that folks like Marco uh, Lament Almond Armand Armand, the Instapaper dude, has entertained offers. Okay, you know, I I I, I mean, a lot of times, part of me says. Okay, yeah, it would be awesome to get called up to the majors, but if you can release a, an app and make $100,000 in two months, why would you take a fucking yeah, day job? and be answerable to no one. Yeah. I mean, why would you not just release two apps a year and keep keep well, sure. then, and, and, then, and, 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 and see how it goes? Then you would look at the options. And it yeah. depends what you, what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, in order for, for, for Apple or Google or somebody to, to recruit these people that are like app developing superstars – They'd they'd have to make a sizable offer. I mean, it's right. not like they could say, "Oh, we'll give you sixty grand in benefits." I mean, when you when you're when you have a best selling app, you can you know you can afford to pay for health insurance. Yes. So um so yeah we did. I bet Apple has a good cafeteria though. They do have a nice calf, yeah, yeah. I've heard all those places have great there. cafeterias. Like Google has an amazing cafeteria. Well, Google doesn't even have a. It's like a it's like a food court slash oh, restaurant. I've, been, I've eaten at Google cut, before. They've they've, uh, they've reduced. They've cut back. It used to be, I think. Like maybe two years ago, you couldn't turn the corner in the Google complex, the Googleplex, without there being like one of those naked juice like uh, kiosks yeah. that you see at supermarkets, and yeah. you just grab grab one off the shelf. It was like three dollars each, four bucks each. Uh, but oh, yeah. now now that it's all that is mostly gone. It's all Adwala. Uh, oh no, because they just didn't want to pay for them anymore. <laughs> They've cut back a little bit. There's still the food there. Uh, eat the food. Like guests are more than welcome to eat food. Like when I went, it was like Kobe, Kobe Burger Day, right? And uh, you can even like say takeout. Like I, I want to well, work but, back on my desk. 
here's a takeout tray of delicious food. But that's kind of a trap too because oh, yeah, I mean the thing is – Yeah, the they serve point. breakfast and breakfast stops at 9. Yeah. So if you're not there by 9, you don't get breakfast. The whole point is to get in early. You, right. Stay late there. Dinner starts at 7. Yeah. You do your laundry there. Oh, yeah. I mean it's amazing. When you go to like Microsoft or EA or one of these big campus type companies, it's like a, a little It's city. like a dorm. It's right. like a college. I went to EA like. recently. I mean you know, I work from home now so I forget what it's like working at these big companies. Yeah. But I went to EA and it's like EA has its own Starbucks. Oh, yeah. That's pretty. I mean that's pretty – you think holy yeah. shit. Well, it's not free. I mean, well, no, obviously not. But I mean, the fact, that, still, the fact that Starbucks built campus. an outlet that's just to serve sure. the people of EA, it's like being Richie Rich. He's got his own McDonald's. One day we're oh, going to get a Coke machine here. <laughs> that was the best part of that movie. <laughs> it was great, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> it was like five places. Oh, I'm starving. And he's like, well, I, I got – and he opens a door. Like yep. the double – like the French I never doors. saw that. And it, Macaulay Culkin's like – and it, it's a McDonald's, like a full staff yeah. working uh, there. And, they're all, and it's got to be the easiest McDonald's <laughs> to work at too because it's oh, like yeah. maybe what the kid comes in maybe once or twice a day. And the rest of the time, I don't know what they're doing. But wouldn't the kid weigh like 400 pounds if he was eating McDonald's twice a day? No, he also had bat- free batting. Like I think it was it Bo Jackson or um, someone gave him like batting lessons. Yeah, so he was, so he was also getting a workout sports. as well. Wow. But it's yeah. like, I don't know how you even keep like the food fresh. Yeah. Right. That's well, right. when you're Richie Rich, you, you just shipment. throw it out. Is it just yeah. like a regular McDonald's? Like they have, they just have to throw away the food at the end. Maybe they give it to homeless people or something. Oh, Richie Rich doesn't care. And like the guy's like, oh no, like there's like a radar. Like Richie Rich has like a sensor on him. Or like the, the maid's like signaling the McDonald's people. He's heading your direction. Yeah. You got three minutes. Yeah. To, get to some get ready. Fresh, get some fresh fries in the fryer. Oh. Because that's that's always the fry lottery at McDonald's. I know you don't really go to McDonald's, well, but that's always the lottery is when you get the first batch. I miss the fresh fries. out of the fryer, hot and salty. These I are things the that trillionaires and billionaires have to worry about. Those new Wendy's fries, those natural cups like with those. The sea salt. Those I was tasty. very skeptical about them changing the recipe because, A, I remember when Burger King did it and they Disaster. fucked it up forever. Yeah. They ruined their fries forever. Yeah, it's bad. And uh, and I really liked Wendy's fries the way they used to be. So, oh, here we go again. They're Soggy, changing it, greasy. Changing it for the sake of change, but they actually made them great. Really good fries. Yeah, they taste like restaurant fries almost. Oh, yeah. Almost. Good quality. I'm, I'm really glad that we're doing the podcast, say, after lunch. Yeah, not because this would this, be this would be making you very horrible. Have you yeah, you've eaten? No. I, uh, yeah, okay. I, I ate before it came out. Okay, that, that was wise. Um, so also, Norm and I took the 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 Krupp's beer tender for a test spin this morning. A mm. hundred dollar uh, beer. So you test. Remember that, like the, that Heineken thing? Yeah, remember yeah, the Heineken, Heineken mini Heineken. kegs? Yeah, you gave me one when we built your PC the first time. Years well, ago, I remember the mini keg, but I remember Heineken also has like a three hundred dollar. Well, this like is a brew, like an actual brewing thing. What used to be $300 was $99 at Best Buy last night when I went shopping. Oh, okay. So it's only for those draught kegs, though, which are the, the, the five liter. The fi- yeah, the five kegs. liter pressurized mini kegs. Right. The one Heineken, you can Heineken Light, yourself. Yeah. Newcastle, yeah. basically, is it. Um, but it worked pretty well. I mean, the ups and downs. Quick look will be on the site uh, either tonight or tomorrow. It's, it's no brewing robot, but. No beer robot. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it chills your beer. It's not a kegerator. No, not a kegerator at all. No. Have um, you ever tried home brewing? Yeah, well, dude. I made beer like all through college. Of, seems like the sort of thing well, you'd be you. into. It's I, like I don't chili, know if that's a compliment actually. or Because you like doing your own coffee and experimenting I, with science. I, I, I do and, like to do it myself. Yes. You are like, you're like a Victor Frankenstein of, yes. of coffee and I'm imagining lots of kind of Tesla coils and – I had Velcro and I, I, I used to in college, I lived in a one bedroom apartment, a tiny little one, one bedroom apartment. And I, when I started homebrewing, I needed a place to store five gallons of beer in bottles. Now, is this just for economy purposes that you did? Well, this? I was under 21. Oh, so, so this is like they cracked down, they'd cracked down on underage drinking. Not that I inc- and, endorsed and this behavior. Tennessee, so. Wow, so you're yeah. doing a little speakeasy. Yeah, so I basically started brewing beer five gallons at a time. Were you were you selling this or was it? No, 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 no. It was, it was for my personal use and my friends, right? Okay. And, and this is the problem with that. 
you have to brew it five gallons at a time. Well, so I had to store five, five gallons, gallons of beer at a time. Much. If you're in college, you probably get through that in a night, well, you and it, a couple of buddies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like one, it's two weeks to turn five gallons, basically. And I had paid a homeless dude. <laughs> uh, oh, this is getting dumb. <laughs> this is, this, it's bad. Uh-oh. But I paid a homeless dude to dumpster dive and fish out rolling rock bottles. So uh, rolling rocks. This is, this this is, is terrible. This is, well, no, he was stoked. He got food and money out of it. So how much um, are you paying him? I, I don't. I mean, I gave him like fifty bucks probably to get. I think I gave him a buck a bottle. Okay. It was a lot. That's probably more than he would have got. Yeah, you know, he's, just he's, turning it for the test. And, and I bought him. Yeah. I bought him some crystal, some fast food. A buck a bottle, though. I mean, you could probably just you can. Maybe it wasn't a buck a bottle. Maybe it was ten cents a bottle. I don't know. Anyway, not much better than the government. Exactly, not much better the than upshot, the standard five cent deposit fee. The upshot. I think I paid him more for Grolsch bottles. Was well, the so thing. you had your own little slave labor it enterprise going I, on. I, I'm not. I'm no Ariana Huffington. <laughs> paying paying a poor homeless guy to. To to wait through he, trash. He was, he, I'm going to so edit this so part of the podcast. So you out. could be so you could okay, drink. Let me tell the fucking story. So I had all these Rolling Rock bottles, the painted ones, because you have to have the right kind of neck. A twist off, you can't put put homebrew in, right? You have to have right. the thing that you can cinch Quite down the down, top. Sure. Uh-huh. And the way it works is you you do a fermentation in a bucket, then you drain that bucket into um, bottles, add a little bit more sugar to to kick the carbonation up again, yeah, and then cap it. The problem came when I over-sugared did you, did you a batch. Did you some of the homeless guy's tears for extra flavor? <laughs> Fuck mm, off. The tears of infinite sadness. <laughs> yummy. So I put the, I put the, <laughs> put the homeless guy. I put these bottles in my linen closet because I took all the, all the towels and shit out and just put them on the floor of my bedroom closet. This is the classic story. Filled the closet with beer. You've heard the story 15 no, no, times. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying sure. a brewer. The, a oh, brewer yeah. Story. Like, this, is what, this is the problem with brewing beer. Right. I put it in. Did the, you now? Hold on. Did, did you yes. teach yourself to brew, or did you have to look um, this stuff up somehow? There was a shop in the, in the Knoxville where I went to school, right? Where they sold the supplies. Because this is not basic chemistry. I mean, there's a certain no, amount of chemistry to it, right? It's real straightforward. It's it's more about keeping things clean. So you use bleach and special cleaner to clean the vats and the bottles and all that. So stuff. where are you getting your yeast and your hops and that stuff? From? Oh, you get that from the there's brew supply brew stores. supply yeah. store. Okay. Um and and. Uh, it's really important that you stay clean, but there's there's varying so, levels of difficulty. I, I, when you're under 21, you can't yes. go to a liquor store. But you can go to the beer. beer. But you, but you can, can buy the component ingredients. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> well, you're just buying – it's just sugar, right? Sugar and grain. Uh, so there's there's different levels, like right? making a bomb you or can, something. You can – well, yeah. no, except for you don't kill people, well, usually with beer. You, um, you, you can either buy these kits that were like cans of wort that were kind of condensed and – Of what? And, you know the wort, the the liquid that turns into beer when it ferments. Okay. So, uh, or you could just buy like loose grain and shit like that and boil it and mix it all up yourself and do barley. Right. And so you were you weren't doing it from like complete scratch. Well, I tried both. Okay. I tried the kits, which where basically you go and you say, okay, I want to get a a, a, a Mexican style lager, right? So like a Corona or yep. a Dos Equis or something yep. like that. You could make that, and you basically just add water and sugar and yeast. Okay. Super, super dead simple. So there's a base that they, that they sell you that yeah. kind of gets you halfway there. Um, and that's that's a great way to start because you learn kind of the techniques and the cleaning stuff. And you know, if you fuck something up, then you're not out six hours of cooking wort on the stovetop. Right. You've just missed like you know, it's been a couple hours of work. And some this all kind of sounds. Like, I mean, I know that you said it wasn't about money because the whole point was you couldn't buy regular beer. Yeah. But it sounds like this. You're not really saving much money doing. You can buy. You, cheap, it was beer a, is cheap, but these expense these. Well, then you make pretty good beer, okay. and it's fun. I mean, it's an it's an activity. It's a hobby. Okay. Um, so you are learning a skill that is marginally valuable. You know, think of think of what a dude who used to make homebrew beer would be like in a post-apocalyptic Eli world. 
He would have he, he would have a booming tribe. Yeah, he'd he'd have a he, he wouldn't have to worry about uh you know the other problems that face post apocalyptic world survivors. For me, the fun the, the fun part of beer though was always just the the drinking it. Like, well, the nice thing about this is you can make the beer as strong or as not strong as you want. So you okay. could you could make some fucking rock your ass beer like okay. Belgian style, you know, barley wine stuff like that. Right. Anyway, uh. I put, so the, put it all, put, in, put it all in the linen closet in yep. the bathroom and about three o'clock one morning, I hear uh, what sounded like a gunshot. Boom, 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 boom. Just one after the other. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't live in that bad a neighborhood that you hear gunshots all the time. So it's unusual. I get up. I walk into the bathroom and there's beer everywhere. All over the floor, just just gushing out everywhere, and about half of the bottles had exploded. Um, and the necks. So what what happened was they broke where the long neck meets the kind of fatter part of the bottle, and the the bottle caps were all embedded in the shelf above them. So like the oh, neck been of shot it, off like like bullets. Yeah, like like rockets. It was terrifying. So after that, I only used Grosch bottles. The easiest way to do it is to get Coke premix bottles. The Grosch bottles are great because they have the resealable lid. Yeah, you just, lid you just yeah, occasionally have to replace the gasket and yeah. everything's awesome. Yeah. Um, the other thing to do is to get the big Coke premix cylinders, the old aluminum ones. Mm-hmm. And you can put beer in there, apply some carbon dioxide to it, and you don't have to do the secondary fermentation at all. It's, and it's done But the, the, did you ever brew beer that actually tasted good? Because I was yeah, home brew beer is pretty bad. No, no, no. It, I mean it's all about keeping stuff clean and, and you know if you do the kits, it's pretty simple to do something that's pretty good. Right. The hard thing that most people have a problem with is waiting long enough to drink it because like the, the – Well, like that's your, OK. The, that's only happens the first time because you recycle. Well, yeah, but it's still – You don't make five gallons of beer, drink it all, and then do another batch. No. Yeah, you have you a constantly running – yeah. th- that's, that's the problem. Like one, when you make it, you have a, you have a lot of beer, especially if you're, if you're not in a big frat house or if you're not living with a lot of beer drinkers. That's a lot of one type of beer to, to drink. Yeah. And then two, it's like upkeep. You have to keep every two weeks. You have to make more beer. Well, eventually you got to a point where I was just making beer once a month and that was fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of fun. I learned more about beer than I ever would have known otherwise. Uh, I mean, right now I don't have kitchen to do it really because it takes a lot. You need a lot of space for washing bottles and drying bottles and uh, doing the five gallon wart. I mean, cooking, having a stove that is big enough to hold a five gallon bucket of steaming wart is a pretty significant challenge. And again, I, mean, I think you're right. For hobbyists, it's kind of fun. But for the most part, you know, there's a whole industry yeah. of professional brewers that right. that produce top quality beer and put it in bottles for me. I just have to go buy it. Well, that's the other side of it is the microbrew industry in the United States. Like this, I was doing this in the early 90s, mid-90s, right? So 94, 95. Um, since then, the microbrew industry has blown up and you can get good beer pretty much everywhere now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just find a friend to do it. Yeah, or 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 get your roommates to do it. No, you no, no, no. Not, not in my house. Get get someone who doesn't live in your house <laughs> to do it. But close Gary, enough. Gary, you that... should take up home brewing. Um, but I don't drink. But uh, all the better. <laughs> what am I going to do? You, with the that drink I all your you get to entertain everyone. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we tested out the Ben and Jerry's ice cream while we we're talking about food. Did a taste test. You know, blind. I don't think anyone. Oh, I man- I managed to get late night snacks. I know. Oh. I found it. What'd you oh, think? We should- wait, wait. We'll get into it. We also I don't, like we we put the video up on over the weekend, but yesterday was it yesterday? Yesterday was uh, the free Ben Jerry's day. Yeah, we missed it. Oh, oh wow, yeah, it was good Just timing. Went. Now I heard that you could not tell the difference between late night snack and American Dream. That's I like could. Crazy. No, you couldn't. I could. You could not. I got to. I got to the crunch, and I, I totally could at the end. Will 
Norm Absolutely rigged it by not giving me any crunchy bits. Nope, I did it. It was he a scooped, massive. Oh, he scooped ball. around massive the. the, the Which, are you talking about the potato chip? On oh, the potato okay. chip pieces. First of all, they're not potato chips. They're potato clusters. Potato chip clusters. Potato, potato chip clusters. It, it is very misleading. There's a little bits of potato chip with fudge wrapped around. Also, them. Yep. it's gross as hell. I you did not, <laughs> I admit I did not like it. Do I need to pull up the video? Where Norm was like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah, at that point, because Norm, Norm thought gotten, I gave him American Dream. I had not gotten to the uh-huh. – yeah, this, okay, so a little behind the scenes. So um, we did we did taste test, blindfolded, which is kind of like – first, there's almost no reason to do it blindfolded because the taste we thought would be so distinct. And also, which, they, the two ice creams look very similar. Yes. Well, yeah, exactly. So – but we did, it turned out it worked out for the best because I did tasting first and I got the American Dream first. Mm-hmm. And then I got the second scoop. And it started tasting very, very familiar. Like the, it's vanilla. There's well, a fudge, it's caramel fudge, caramel vanilla. fudge. And then, yeah. so at that point, I thought, and oh, they both Will, have, a, and they both do have a crunch element, firm crunch. And, and yeah. I thought Will Will was fucking with me and gave me two American dreams, yes, just oh. so I would bash it because I, I thought it would, because I had pre, I preconceived right. bias. You, you've you've been very pro American oh, dream, absolutely. In the past. And I'll be honest, I did consider doing that, but I decided that and, would be pretty uncool. And so in the video, you can tell. There's a point. There's a moment of there's truth. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, this is this is wonderful. This is American. Uh, this and and without saying without without saying that it was American Dream, but just saying this is wonderful again. Right. Right. And then you could tell the tr- other the other inflection point where I get to the potato chip clusters. You get a little hit of salt, and it's gross. I'm surprised though that you didn't pick it up early because the, it, it's salty. It's not just the potato chip clusters. The the caramel swirl is salty salted. as well. I didn't yeah. get that. No, I, I got I got the salty hit almost immediately on on the late night. I, snack. So so one of my favorite ice cream flavors is the is the Humphrey Slocum salted caramel. Okay, which if you've never had is glorious. It's really really good. Much better than this. I, I like the salt and the sweet combination. T- it's something I, that appeals I, to me. I, some people don't like it. I tell you, I've been trying to get in because I've said for many years now that I don't like that combination. Yeah. Uh, sweet and sour pork is maybe the only time. That, and even then, well, that's it's not, not really salty. That's sour. Not, right. Like my girlfriend, like when we make pancakes and, and bacon for breakfast, you know, she'll actually take her bacon and dip it in the, the maple syrup. syrup. Yeah. I'm like, that's it's craziness to me. Yeah. Denny's has this bacon sundae right that's now. That gross. does not gross. sound good to me. But, and but some I mean, people, you know, they, they used to get sun, or ice cream cones at McDonald's and put their fries in the ice cream. Kids love doing that. But, you know, okay. it's, you know, your Monsters. taste buds evolve as you as you grow older. And, you know, I've, I've found myself liking things that I didn't like in the past. I'll give it a try. So I, I picked up a couple of different things. I picked up um, the late night snack and, okay. I fa- and I found it to be too salty. It's, it's just, it's not what I want from an ice cream. It's uneven is the problem. Yeah. The salt is all in the chunks. Yeah. Uh, and I also picked up some uh, Jimmy Dean, uh, these breakfast sandwiches that are a turkey sausage patty. Mm-hmm. And the bun is two pieces of French toast. So it's like a McGriddle. Like a, kind of like a McGriddle, a except McGriddle. they don't actually have the, the, the injected, fuel-injected <laughs> pancake. I've never had a McGriddle be fair, before. A McGriddle, you, you don't want to go that no, way. No, McGriddle's terrible. It, it's a bad it's idea. It's not French toast. McGriddle is pancakes. It's a pancake, but it has maple syrup, syrup injected, injected right into yeah. it. It's not on top. It's not maple syrup. It's high fructose but it's, corn But it's syrup. similar in that you've got a, a savory sausage in between two sweet pieces of breakfast bread. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I found that to be weird as well. It was too that in that case really? it was too sweet. Well, I don't like high fruit. The high fructose corn syrup is cloyingly sweet for me. I, I think after if you but don't if eat you, that for a while and you, you come like back a, to it, it tastes weird. I'm not. I'm not down with the sweet and the savory combination at a mm. diner, and you get pancakes or French toast yeah. and sausages on the side. 
there's going to be some mixing. No, if I order, if I ever order a breakfast that has like sausage and egg and stuff like that and bacon and hash browns, whatever, like a big breakfast, and it mm-hmm. also comes with pancakes, yeah. I always ask for the pancakes to be on a separate oh. plate. Because okay. I don't want it, I don't want the syrup getting it, getting all up in my egg and stuff. It's not. It's just not. I right. don't like the syrup in the egg. I do like the syrup with the bacon and sauce. This and is why your dessert comes as a separate meal afterwards, and they don't just take the tiramisu and put it on your fucking. Steak. This is a very English. Uh, f- I, I, kind I, I'm gonna have to agree with Will here. You I know think, what really fucked me up when I first heard about it? I love apple pie and ice cream and that yes. stuff like the hot and the cold together. I think that works really oh, yeah. great. Yeah, of course. But I heard that in America, it's put, that people like to put cheddar cheese on their apple pie. No, no, way. that's only in, that's that's not in America. That's in uh, Wisconsin. I mean, that is part well, that, of America. Last I checked. <laughs> but, but that's not an overall American thing. That's no, a, that's a regional no, thing. No, it's a hot land thing. I've, heard, I've seen that. That's a popular oh, way to do apple gross, pie. Those gross. people play Melt cornhole, the cheddar too. cheese right oh, on no, top of no, it. No, no. This conversation's over. Get back to tech. But Wisconsin is crazy, crazy time. I mean, they'll put cheese on anything. Well, they like cheese. I like Wisconsin cheddar. I'm a big fan. I would never put on apple pie. It's not – if it doesn't come from if cheddar you, England, it's not real cheddar. If you have an apple pie at my house, it's never going to have a, a cheddar cheese on it. You know how like, real champagne can only come from the champagne yeah, region that's in France? Yeah, that's French or snooty, though. And real tequila can only come from that region of Mexico? The tequila region of Mexico? Yeah, that's real oh. cheddar comes from cheddar, England. Hmm. Does that mean real sandwiches only By come from sandwich, By all means, call it American England. cheese. Just don't call it cheddar. I've met the Earl. I'm going to get a lot of hate from people in yeah, Wisconsin. You're going to get some serious shit from Wisconsin People are going to be schooling me on cheese. Uh, last couple of things we've been testing. Uh, I posted a video about consistency in coffee and weighing things. Wait, I want to before we move on. What was yes. the what who, what was the result of the ice cream taste? The result was that Norm liked the flavor. He knew he was going to like coming into the video. No, and I like the caramel. Was I, I, there's so you like the late nights? I like the late nights. I thought you no, said well, here, here's the thing. If you, I, okay, I have the, had the result norms. was that I like the Norm uh, I love American dream, and also I hate the late night snack even more because the Saltiness was a bit a surprise. It was, it was like a, a it was like wonderful an surprise. Delight. Um, and Will absolutely thought that I had conf- I had I had uh, given two scoops reasonably sure. Dream. And if you look at the video, the second scoop with the of the late night snack was a massive scoop. Like yeah, he got it on his beard. I don't, I don't know how you managed to get no chunks in that. <laughs> All I, it may be that I that because you gave me such a ridiculously oversized scoop, I had to swallow the chunks whole. I'll let you know in a few days. Um, and someone actually in the comments pointed out that we the, the right way to um, to this taste ice cream is to have the spoon upside down when you put it in your mouth, so your tongue is touching the ice cream first and not getting tainted by cold silver. That 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 seems like the kind of lunacy that people who uh, eat the pizza crust first. Purport. Yeah, that, that, that sounds I don't like trust real ice people. cream snobbery. I discovered a couple of flavors that I think I may even like better than American. Well, don't try the Willie Nelson flavor because it sucks balls. I he has a flavor? Yeah, it's terrible. What flavor is – what is it's it? Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler. Oh, I don't think I would like that. It was not good. But I discovered the um, – Fruit ice cream has to be made fresh is the thing I've always learned. You can't like – Fruit flavored ice cream doesn't doesn't travel. No, I well. think that's probably right. And when I what happened was when I was looking for late night snack, and yeah. I went to about five or six different stores. I heard. Every time I went to a store and I didn't have it, I said, "Well, I just buy another flavor that I haven't tried." So I felt like it wouldn't be a total failure. So I ended up with a with a couple of flavors I hadn't tried before that I really, I think both two of these flavors now I think I'm willing to say are superior to the to, cone to Americone. Which okay. I, I I don't know yet. Is Imagine World Peace one of them? Imagine I like World, Imagine Imagine World, World Peace. Peace is one of them. Yeah, it's good. The toffee pieces and the little fudge peace yeah. signs are, are quite wonderful. Yeah, the peace signs are unnecessary, but the fudge 
in there. Is what, going, what have you got against peace? It's a little bit of unnecessary messaging. But, I that, think. but, that, but that's I the whole. I don't like my ice cream preachy. That's the whole raison d'etre of I the know, ice cream. I know. It's a, it's a very clever joke. Um, and uh, the other one, very simple, not one of these like pop star, you know, supported ones, just a straight up, but fantastic. I didn't know it existed. Red velvet cake. Uh, people, wonderful people, ice That was cream. big in the comments. I've never seen that before. I'll keep an eye peeled for Fantastic. it. Fantastic. It actually has little pieces of the red velvet cake batter in it. It's really mm, good. No, I don't like red velvet that, cake. That could be my new... Oh, but in that case, you probably don't like it. Okay, well, good talk. Should we talk about coffee for a minute and then move okay. on to more technology? Okay. As we've been going for almost 40 minutes now, and I think we've talked about two pieces of technology at this point. Uh, uh, coffee measuring video, highly controversial. Uh, do, am I crazy for weighing coffee every morning? It's just part of the way I do it. Mass, not volume. Mass, not volume. That's the lesson. Because – and also people also pointed out – and this is true. Wait. What's the difference between mass and volume? Volume is the amount of space something takes up. Mass is the amount of material there is. So you okay. weigh to get mass. And ma- I mean, mass on, on Earth, Earth you weigh, you weigh to weigh make – yes. yeah, you weigh to get mass. Yes. Uh, or you use, use a measuring cup or, or a volume, you know, something to measure volume. Right. Displacement to measure volume. Right. No, no. Displacement measures mass. mass. No. Displacement measures volume because you put it in a bucket of water and you see how much water it displaces out of the thing. That's measuring volume. People rightly pointed out that you don't need to use mass to measure volume to measure water because it's the same density regardless. The reason you use mass to measure water in a coffee sense is because probably your scale is more accurate than your measuring cup or whatever you're pouring your coffee out of. Like it's you don't want to transfer boiling water into a measuring cup where it's going to drop five or six degrees temperature before you pour it to, to measure. Anyway. I think that's it for the stuff we tested this I've week. I've just gone back to my trusty Keurig. The Chemex and all that stuff is fun, but it's – Too much work. I, to do it the way you do it. Yes. So to, in, in order to make the – With an OCD level of detail. Exactly. In, in order for the the kind of the handcrafted nature of it to really yield results. Yes. You've really got to be, be, be willing to put serious – You've got to be a little bit of a know all the correct attack. ways to do it and the pouring. and It's a little ritual and yeah. I just can't be bothered. I, like I, I just want to put a pot in a thing and coffee comes out. You're a Philistine guy. I am considering I, – I would like a really nice espresso maker that makes uh, those little dainty cups of, with the crema and all that really I'm, good I'm going to go ahead and tell you as someone who's chased the espresso dream at home for a long time. Too much hassle? Unless you're going to go out and spend two or $3,000, don't bother. Just go to the fucking Starbucks and or your local better coffee shop. See, if you're saying that, that really terrifies It is me. not worth the – like it, it is – it is such a f- rabbit hole you can fall down. It's just not. It's not good. I've seen these ones at Bed Bath and Beyond that look pretty good. Yeah, though. I know they look awesome. You, you're never going to taste you, the the difference between the best thing that that Bed Bath and Beyond machine will make and something unless they're put stocking good stuff at Bed Bath and Beyond. It's just really hard. You have to basically get like a pro level machine. I mean, the ones I saw were like six seven hundred bucks. I mean, it, you know, this is not amateur hours. I, I know. No, it is though. I mean, the thing is, there's so much. There's so much stuff that can go wrong. Getting the temperatures right is hard. You have to have a really good grinder because if you even if you get an expensive ass machine, your grinder is no good. You have to weigh so you have the right dose in the coffee in the in the bucket. Yeah, you have to tamp the coffee with. There's a technique there. See, I want to be Richie Rich, and I want a barista that's going to do all this for well, me. You want to be Seth Rogen and Green Hornet and have your lovable sidekick Cato there right, to make exactly. an espresso for you. Yes, in the that's what I want. Right, I would like that too. I want a robot. Yes, I want my own Starbucks. I don't care about the espresso. I just um, want a robot. And then we also okay. also tested some capture devices. So people also often ask us how to do like giant bomb style quick looks at home. And you know, I always say the first thing you have to do is kidnap Ryan and Jeff. And then after that, you need some hardware. So uh, there's a bunch of like 200, $100 to $200 items on the market that will let you capture 720p or 1080p video out of a component output. 
and uh, pass it through to a TV or something so you can watch at the same time you're capturing. Uh, I, t- I took home one of, the, one of the first ones we got in yesterday. Very interesting. Works surprisingly well. We're going to do a quick look, shoot that tomorrow, and it'll probably, probably be up, I guess, early next week would be my guess. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's let's get to the news. There's there's some news. The flip has flopped. Rip the flip. There are so many bad headlines that you can put with this story. But basically, the flip camera, something I'm quite fond of. I think it's a really nice, albeit single purpose device. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gone. Cisco killed them. It seemed, um, on the one hand, it seemed kind of abrupt because they only bought Flip not so long, very Two long years ago. ago. Two years ago for $500 million. $590 million. That's a lot of money That's to throw away on something. And, and, and if you live in the Bay Area or other big metropolitan cities, you can still see those that huge you know, marketing campaign, Do You Flip or whatever. Have uh, you flopped? Yeah, it's everywhere in, in San Francisco. In, in uh, the train stations, it seemed like it was one of those brands where they actually had succeeded in creating a recognizable brand. People well, knew what a flip ca- a flip camera. I mean, that, was. that's what happened. Is they came into this market three, four years ago, and basically outsold Sony, Canon, all the established Sanyo, all the established video camera brands with something that was essentially. Kind of shitty, but but like uh, I just think it, good enough. Yeah, well, Robert, Robert Caps at Wired always said it was good enough. So and he was, was right. What was the key? Was it just affordability, or did well, they have the, good marketing? Or there, was were two, it? there were two things. Uh, one was that it was relatively inexpensive compared to other 720p cameras. So I right. think they started at like two hundred and fifty bucks, two hundred bucks. Right. Uh, the other is that it was incredibly easy to use. Yes, yeah, just one button, right? Basically, one button, one you, big red button that looks easy to press. I mean, you you could put in AA batteries if you didn't charge it. Yeah, there was no kind of you didn't have to buy an SD card or anything to go with it. Yeah, uh, this it the picture image stabilization was pretty good. Yeah, the sound quality was pretty good. Yeah. USB built in, right? And it had the software on the device that made it easy to also upload those videos to YouTube right. after you kind of hacked them together. And I, and I think everything from the design of the device, different colors and stuff, and the marketing, they made it seem like it was fun. It was right? friendly. It was, it was, yeah, yeah, it was very consumer friendly. It, it, very appley in that regard in, in that it was just – like you couldn't even take pictures with them, right? The you There's no reason when you have a camera sensor that you can't shoot pictures and video with the same sensor. They just didn't do it because it would mean adding more buttons to it making it a more complex device. So having said all this, it, made, yeah. it, we, it seemed like a successful product. It had broken through the brand wall where people now – you know, people knew what a flip camera was. People were asking for them for, for gifts by name. Like it, it definitely had seemed to be successful. Cisco go and spend all this money. Yeah. So it seemed like it was great. But on the other hand, I think we've I think we may have touched on this a couple of times in the past on the podcast. It, at the same time, it kind of seemed like the writing was always on the wall for dedicated devices well, there, like this with the rise three, of, the, of the camera phone. Three three reasons why this device failed. What are those three reasons? Reasons, Tommy? Three Chan? reasons. Uh, and, and maybe tangentially fourth, I was more outside, outside the product. I'll, I'll go to the fourth one first. The company that, that Cisco bought, um, Pure Digital, Pure Digital, also was responsible for the Umi thing. So, oh, uh, they did the the video conference. They did thing? the video conference. Are you sure? I, I I'm pretty sure. And I'm, that was a huge flop. No, no, no. That's they. That's they, the thing that, that, that might you have been see under the same high end HDTVs, right? I, that might be under the same division, but Pure Digital was just flip cameras. Umi, Umi is but the is, consumerized version. The reason they bought that company, I think. Uh-uh. Umi is the tele is the is the, their Cisco telepresence thing, which is a corporate product that they consumer. Well, that's also gone. Oh, they're that, getting that, rid of the telepresence. That's rooms? only for corporate now. It's not for because okay. it's not going to be best buys uh, anymore. Well, that makes sense. Okay, so maybe that's not the re- three reasons. I think that's part of their consumer. Okay, so I think it's, of, they're in the same division yes. of Cisco. Is okay. the thing one? Uh, Gary's oh. right. Smartphones getting cameras. Two and years getting ago, better and better. Right after the the uh, the acquisition was made, 
was when the was it 3GS came 3GS out? came yeah. out with video. Yes. And the iPod Nano, same time, and same time I, yes. frame. So interestingly enough, the camera didn't survive through the next generation. Well, the iPad Nano's camera wasn't good enough. Well, the, but the iPod Touch, which has been tremendously successful, even yes. though the camera wasn't as good, that popularized it. Yeah. And, but, it, and by the way, it's also looking like I've seen some some leaked stuff that looks like the camera may be coming back in the next Nano. Well, the the iPod Touch camera just came on with last year's model. Like that was the first right. time the iPod Touch has had a camera. Right. And it's it's still a shitty camera. It's a shitty camera. It's, it's the ubiquity the of these cam- cameras are in every device now and they're getting better and better. And the right. iPhone and, and, 4 yeah, camera is right. so very, very good. 720p video and yep. we're at 1080p video yep. on this generation of Android phones. Right. Because uh, the processors can handle it. So you're getting squeezed from, you know, phones, smartphones, which everyone has. Yeah. Right. And also, let's not forget, the smartphones offer a big bonus that you can, the, they're connected. You can, you can, you can upload yeah, right that, to, that's the, the, to big the web. Thing. Right. Yeah. Well, they have and, GPS. And, and even like a year ago, I, before, right before the iPhone 4 came out, I would still say there was many compelling reasons to get a flip over using your iPhone 4 as your dedicated camera. I mean, you had, you had the tripod stand you, uh, for the Kodak ZI8 model. You could have mic in. You know, swap memory cards, and also it's, it's like a hundred bucks. It's okay. if you take on like a boat trip, you're not going to be afraid. Two hundred bucks, uh, hundred hundred fifty bucks. They're they're like hundred fifty bucks. You're not going to be afraid of waving it around on a camping trip and dropping it with your phone. If you're doing action shots, you don't want to drop your phone. Right, right. It's disposable. Ask which, Dave Snyder about that. Two, on the high end level, DSLR has got video. Yes, very good. Video. Very good video. Like the 5D. Magical yep. video. Tremendous 5D quality. and even like the T2i, T3i, like yeah. the, the, the low-end cons- uh, prosumer stuff. Yeah. Great video. So yep. you're, even if they had you know, put more money into making it like a, a better product, like a, like a better sensor, it, you're, people are going to go with those. Right. And also, like Will said, it's something you buy once. There's no reason to buy it every year. Right. I mean, that, the, the, well, there were, there's another problem too. And the other problem is that Kodak and Sony and a bunch of other companies – like th- this was a not very defensible product. And while Flip was great for people who know what it is and know that it's easy to use and mom-friendly and all that, when you're sitting there looking at a box that and you're looking at Kodak ZI8, which uh, is cheaper because they don't include flash on the on the device. So you have to buy an right. SD card separate. Right. Um, and has a shitload more features – like the Flips feature is, hey, we have one red button that comes with the software you need. Mm-hmm. The ZI8 has external microphone jack and 1080i recording. And, and like if, you, if you're doing Best Buy style marketing where you just want to have more bigger numbers on the box yeah. than the next guy, yeah. Flip is going to get boned. And so is what happened. after them as well with the and, Bloggy. And they had that, a very similar product. Yeah, the Bloggy is crazy complex. Like it, it is it – is, the more – as I get older, I think Sony style just means we're, we're going to make a normal-looking thing and then put shitloads of buttons on yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to put an obfuscatory yeah. user interface on it. Because that's what the bloggy is. Right. I mean it's a nice sensor, basically the same thing as everything else. It basically else. has the one-touch thing as well, but it's not as Fisher-Price obvious as the, yeah. uh, as the Flip. Yeah, I mean the Fisher-Price is the right way to put it. The, the Flip behaves like my first video camera, right. that Fisher-Price toy that they had years ago that just had a record or play button. Yes. Anyway. So they're there, gone. There were lots of opportunities like a year ago when the flip was still selling real well for 
for Cisco to do more with the brand. Well, and they kind of whiffed too because oh, the products been, that they released since right, then right, have been did, bad. Like the Flip HD was great and after that they did that crazy touch one. Well, the little yeah, one was, was okay too. Good. Yeah. But the touch one the is touch insane. One was terrible. Yeah. And but you but you're right. They were getting they were getting screwed from each end of the market. Again, if you yeah. just want to tool around and just take a snap a picture or a, or a right. video clip, then you're going to do that with the, the thing that's already so, in your phone. So they well, needed to de- high end, you're going to if you want to do yeah. serious video, then you're going to get a 5D or a real But the appeal of it was also that it was really cheap. What they should have done was gone with like the red camera model and so you sell you upgrade it annually with a better sensor inside but still keep it bare bones one button but then you sell accessories mm. well they tried that too i mean our first video was testing well, see, that that right, waterproof, sell the case. waterproof case but there, there are plenty how many of accessories. accessories do you need though you get a better lenses. mic attachment lens attached I mean, lens changes thing you know have it still work fine out of the box but for people who want to turn it into a I mean, here's, here's what confuses me though i mean okay two years is is a, is a long time Eternity. in technology but it doesn't seem that it doesn't seem that long that they, that Cisco could go from thinking this is something that's worth paying six hundred million dollars for to let's just shut the whole thing down. I mean, what could well, happen in two years? So the other thing that happened in two years is that Cisco um, decided not to focus on consumer products. So had they been making shitloads of money on the flip, then I'm sure they w- it would still be a product. But since the market share was declining, and and you know, once you reach a certain point, you can see that the lines the lines go in the wrong way, and it's going to end up at the zero point and below. So do you? Go ahead and ride that line all the way and end, maybe make a couple hundred thousand dollars more, or do you just cut cut your losses and sack a whole shitload of people? So which this, is what they did. I mean, does this within the halls of Cisco? Does this whole episode go down as a failure that someone screwed up? And yeah, I mean, you buy something for five hundred ninety million dollars and kill it two years later. Well, that, the yeah, CEO that's of uh, the company that they bought, you know, left a couple months ago already. No, but was on the He's wall, working on a new on project. So yeah. the po- I mean, obviously, the, the, that's what we can infer from this is that sales weren't good. That the, the, they weren't selling enough, but they were. They put keeping on. And they put money in the wrong place. They put money in this huge marketing campaign, campaign, you know, in late last year, early this year. I remember the ads were running quite recently. Yeah, but the fundamental thing is the Flip HDs that we bought last year that were a year old. When we launched the site, we bought a couple of flips because we use them to just shoot like offhand video. The ones that we bought two, a year ago haven't been updated. There's no reason to update them. I mean, they're good enough, and I, and that's the problem. Yeah, I, I think they could have put better sensors in them. I, I, I don't think it would have mattered. The number one reason that this thing got killed is that people don't need them. They've they've already got it in their phone. Why do you well, but, need to but, carry around a second but, I mean, thing? If I'm on vacation or I'm going, you know, when I'm traveling, when when we're working, I mean, we use these for work a lot. When we go to trade shows, there's always one in our bag. Yeah, and and the reason is I don't want to. I could use my iPhone for that. But I don't want to risk running out of – I can't afford to lose – to run out of phone battery. And right. shooting a bunch of HD video is a surefire way right. to make sure that you need to charge your iPhone. For sure. So, I mean, in that regard, like vacations and stuff like that, you need – but you're right. For the most part, the best camera you have is the one that's in your pocket. I mean, that, that, that's the best camera for you. And again, it's – you know, when I, when I was you – know, I, I was test driving the that the Sony one that was, again, very the similar bloggy, to the flip. Yeah. And I would take some video and I, it was amazing to me that it didn't have any ba- even basic Wi-Fi connectivity so I could put it straight on YouTube or straight on Facebook. I've got to go home and dock it. And again, with my phone, I'm so used to being able to just be able to get it up there yeah. right away. I mean, that's that's the big fundamental – the, that, that's that's the the big challenge for the next ten years for the for the technology industry is right now we have all these devices we carry laptops and phones and tablets and cameras and and GPSs and all that stuff and the problem is everything is an island of in and of itself but but there's no communication between the devices why does my point and shoot not use the GPS in my phone to know you know, to geotag photos as I, as I shoot them or my SLR, right? Why, why, why does this stuff not talk to each other? And why can my phone not talk to your phone or Norm's phone easily? 
if we want to share information or, 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 you know, collaborate or whatever. When you look at things like StreetPass on the 3DS, which is a really trivial thing, it is one of the rare examples where there's kind of a ubiquitous always-on connection based on physical space rather than like cloud-mediated uh, mm-hmm. back and forth. A lot of it's battery also. Well, but I mean the thing is the things are on. It's not like there's any – it's not like there's any downside. There should be an easy way for me to share stuff with you sitting in the same room without having to sync it to my Mac and then sync your phone to my Mac or use a third party like Dropbox or something yeah. like that through the cloud. I mean it doesn't make any sense. And that the people who who solve that problem company, first. We're not even talking yeah. about Android's iPhone. We're talking about iPhone to iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's the thing is if I mean it's starting to happen with AirPlay and and stuff like that. And, that, and AirPlay is a goofy thing, but but the the fact that we're starting to get to that point is very very exciting to me. And and I think I mean I think whoever solves that first on the mobile front is going to have a massive lead over everybody else. Now, given given that the that the flip was was probably the brand leader. At least in terms of brand recognition. I don't think it is anymore. Well, I think it was now? two years. I think probably the Kodak stuff is, is brand leader now. No, 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 no. no. You don't think you so? You talk to someone on the street, it's Flip. Well, in Mindshare, but I think I think the problem is well, that's, that's you go exactly in and you ask for well, Flip Well, that's what I was camera. saying. It says a brand, brand recognition, it was the biggest one. Okay, okay. so there you go. Okay, like, I think the category is fucked, basically, because Kodak's not going to pump them. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. Does this to. spell doom for the whole category of like fun point-and-shoot video cameras? Um, I, I mean, they'll continue to be around, but they'll get massively commoditized and – you know, they'll be in the $69 pile made by Pac-Rim manufacturers with bad software and all that before right. too long. Right. Well, I what, what I found interesting about the Cisco announcement was that they're saying that we may sell – maybe we'll sell it in the future. But right now they're not even interested in selling the, the division or the name. They're just well, shutting it all down. Yeah, who are they going to sell that to now that they've said, well, we don't think this yeah, is we, worth yeah, continuing. Yeah, it with, even though we're a major we technology 300 company, million we can't dollars. make money yeah. with it. Maybe someone else can. Yeah. What a, what a shame. It's unfortunate. Let's pull our, you know, our money together and buy it. Because, again, it was a good product. They had good marketing. And, again, they did, they did what is so difficult to do in this business, which is create a brand that people – they, they In an established a, market. Flip was something that people knew. Category. That's yeah. a really hard thing to break, to break through that mindshare wall and get people yeah. know, asking for that product by name. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and I mean they did it with good, with good solid design. So it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean really you look at the other companies that have executed that same kind of thing and it's like Apple and TiVo and you know what else in the last 10 years. I mean you can't say the same years. thing about like the Kindle because the Kindle – Well, the it's, ebook it's, was a thing. Ebook – yeah, I think it, I think Amazon has successfully done that now that people don't talk about ebook readers they talk about Kindle. But Amazon has done that through sheer force of of mark. I mean they're just Amazon is a juggernaut, right? Flip came out of nowhere. Flip was a startup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, if you've got it, enough money, you can brute force the market. Right. When you when you have 20 million people hitting your homepage every day, it's relatively easy to push a product into the market. Yeah, and you and you spend, you know, $50 million right. on on TV ads. I mean, you right. get it out there. And if you're willing to lose a little bit of money on each one and, you know, all that. But building a brand like Flip from the from the ground up is 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 uh Well, my my point is that the the Flip didn't have to fail. Just like the Kindle isn't failing even though you can read ebooks on plenty of other devices on your iPad, on your computer, and the Kindle. The only thing you know, it's it's lighter and has more battery life. It's more portable, just like the Flip is more portable. That's a good question, though. Like outside of things that would be like the Kindle that were that were launched off the back of existing mega companies. Yeah. Apart from the Flip, what was the what, last what are the ground up really stories? Yeah. Facebook. Well, Facebook. Oh, you're talking about product. Type, I think like I think product. it's much harder to do soft hardware than it is to do software. I think. 
I mean, I, this is a great question for the comments. Why don't you guys post in there and yeah. and, and we'll talk about it. I mean, I'm interested to see what you guys are thinking about because I'm sure sitting in what this was the, What was room. the last kind of startup company Wacom? tech product? Wacom, well, no. Around Wacom's been around time. for 40 years. And that's, a, and, that's a, and that's for professionals. That's not something that people on the street know about. Uh, I don't know. It's a good beats. Good, yeah. Beats. Oh, monster. Yeah, again, Monster got uh, 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 rupturing money well, it's just, from it's selling like, all those $250 right. HDMI cables. I, I think a lot of people don't know. Monster has so much money, it's not even funny. So, Yeah, yeah Beats is a trap. Beats um, is. I, it's a good product as well, but I wouldn't buy it. I would, ne- I would never give money to Monster. They're, they're not, I don't care if they kidnap my family, I wouldn't give Monster you know, the, any money. The, the thing that I see most commonly said about, about the Beats stuff is if you buy – Beats are the one place you should always buy – um. Uh, the, but, no, ones. no, no. You should always buy the protection plan uh, oh, because really? somebody in my Twitter feed, I, I, an unnamed Silicon Valley executive in my Twitter feed the other day said, you know, I've taken these Beats headphones that I got my kid back to Best Buy like six times in the last two years. The protection plan for that, 100% worth it. Oh, they're not good quality? They they're break not down? good quality. Ah. That was the real irony of the Beats in Eli, Gary. Oh, you think uh, thirty was years after the war? Thirty years, thirty years after the down. war, they're not going to be working. <laughs> hey, not my, not my decision. I know. Yeah, I, I put the iPod in there, not the Beats. Yeah, I know. I know. They kind of canceled each other out. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. I hate Monster so much. It really did kind of gall me that they were that they were used. <laughs> but those are the only people spending money on headphone marketing. So there you go. And mon- and there's no mono price after a nuclear war as well. So you've got no choice. Right. <laughs> it's like you know that's the thing. Is like what survives after a nuclear war? The fucking rats, cockroaches, and monster cable. Right. You just, you just know. Uh, um, well, speaking of the of the, the Kindle, uh, Amazon did something kind of crazy on Friday night last week. Was it Friday night or Thursday night? It was Friday night. How about Monday? Monday? Was that just yesterday, day before? Is this going to be about oh. the uh, ad supported Kindle? Ad supported Kindle. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about this. So, well, it's a good. This is a good. Well, conver- this is a good place to have that nicely. conversation. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I was resisting the urge to comment on the segue, but thanks. Uh, basically, one hundred and fourteen dollars will get you an ad-supported Kindle. Uh, that is that has. Now, there's a name for this. It's it's the Kindle with offers with offers with special offers. Oh, that kind of sounds awful. Well, so here's the name's not good. It's it's. I think the the implement implementation doesn't sound bad. Basically, you get uh, ads on the screensaver, which normally shows, you know, like uh, uh, a portrait of Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, uh, famous authors. So, and you don't have the option to swap that out. And you don't have the option. Okay. Well, you don't have the option to swap that out on the existing. Kindle. No, we actually, you can't. You cannot customize screensavers. I, on, no, you can on the Nook. You can on the Kindle. Okay. As far the as Kindle's I know, random. Okay. And we actually haven't seen the ads yet. There was a press event in the city, uh, and from the reports, the ad doesn't replace. The entire screen It's like the bottom third portion of the yeah. screen. Oh, so these ads get uh, pushed to you over your your always on over your Wi-Fi. This oh, is no, Wi-Fi. No, it's only the okay. Wi-Fi model. Yeah. There is no always on connection. Okay. So uh, you you get the you get the the screensaver ad. You get an ad at the bottom of the home screen, and that gets updated so, whenever they choose to push a new ad. To I mean, it. I'd say I'd say probably it connects twice a week, and you pull new ads down just like TiVo see, or any other. What right, they didn't right. tell you is whether it, if you're on Wi-Fi, automatically does it, or only when you update when you get. Browse okay. their web store or buy try to buy. Yeah, I mean, the, the question I have is, what happens if you turn off Wi-Fi? Because I leave Wi-Fi off a lot of the time to, to save battery. Well, you've got to use it sometime, though, and that's when you're going to get right. new ads, right? And, so, uh, and then what? That can't be it. What well, other the, ways the do other they get ads in there. The other that's thing it. is, you get Groupon style deals. No, oh. but that, I mean, those are the only two places. Those are the only two ads. places. Wait, the only two places are the are the home screen and what? And, and the, the bottom saver. and the screensaver. And they're gonna and they're not. Wait, gonna hold put, on. The screensaver one I got. What's the other thing? The, the bottom of the home screen. The bottom oh, of the main menu. Okay. The, yeah, when you press home and it says, here's all the books that you have on this device. Okay. There's a well, bar at the I bottom. I mean, that doesn't sound – I could live with that. Well, 
So I agree. I think that that is a reasonable place to put ads on a device like sure. this. Sure. Yeah. They'll say, they say never um, in actual books. And I like the idea oh, that. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. Well, and I, and I like the idea. Yeah. This paragraph is brought to you by audible.com. Right. You could be listening to this book right now. Right. Or maybe they have like the famous characters in the book. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mr. Darcy, yeah. what is that? What are those socks you're wearing? Well, these are on special offer right now at uh, Ross. Right. You, Dress you, for less. Banana Republic has our special Darcy issue. Right, it's, like, yes. it's like a visual Sports ad. Sock. It's like tech. It's like weave woven into the text. Right, right. That would um, be crazy. They aren't doing that, which is good. So, so you and you also get Groupon style offers. So occasionally you'll get a thing that says, "Hey, do you want to buy a twenty dollars Amazon gift card for ten dollars?" Okay, here's how you do it. Click. My this. bet is that's how they'll start. And then wait, do they become... pop up? But they don't, they don't pop up. No, 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 no just on the, the just on the ads. ads. Okay, the, two placements. So the, the so how much less for a hundred and thirty nine dollar, hundred and forty dollar Kindle would you think you would save? In exchange for taking ads every time you use the device for the rest of its natural well, life. Well, I know how much the new one is. So okay, so this is a bad – it's, it, it's 115 bucks, right. 114 bucks. I think if they could have got it down to under 99 and, Nin- and crossed that barrier, that would have been very compelling. Not 99 is, is a good – is a happy number. And, 114. And they will get there, of course. Probably a year from now, they'll probably be a $99 Well, Kindle. here's the thing. And that's when a I think they'll from start now, doing serious volume. He, uh, we all, there's no debate about this. We all agree $99 is the magic price yeah. for, for the ebook reader. Yeah. At this point, and maybe only at this time right now, it could be a year down the line, $99 is going to be too expensive because you're going to have a lot of more competition or tablets are going to get cheaper and you're going to ebooks everywhere. $9, $99 right now will give the Kindle a huge a, a huge bump. That's the only the Kindle thing. Doesn't need does a huge the Kindle bump. become... Well, we don't know how much it's selling. So, so here, and I, mean, I think it does need a huge bump in order to maintain its lead. Look, I don't, I I don't, think, t- I don't think Kindle has to worry about uh, competition from other dedicated readers. I think the, the, the question is, is the Kindle to tablets as the flip is to camera phones? So this well, is... That's this what is, I was asking before. Right. It, but I did it in a, in a better way. Oh, you okay. used an analogy. I, yeah, I, used, I, used, I, used, clever, spelled I used the schoolhouse You spelled rock. it out. For, I did. Uh, for, for the listeners, I did. So, so well, I mean, uh, that's Hollywood, right? That's exactly. You got to explain. You got to. Now to, you say for t- you don't think tablets are a competitor, but what's to stop? Because anyone can run. I guess Amazon has to create the Kindle app, right? Or Android apps are are. Uh, are what, what what happens if someone creates an e reader that can run the Kindle app, the Android Kindle? App? So, the, so this is what I discovered last night at Best Buy. Because well, Amazon would not allow that. Surely. Why wouldn't they? Because you can. It's just on the Android market. Well, yeah, we said before that right. ultimately Amazon is probably in the business. It, Amazon's they're in the business, business selling, selling books, books, not the devices. Yeah. They're selling their platform. Right. So here, here's – they want to control the platform because if they control the platform, they control the prices and the distribution and all that. Right. The thing I found yesterday is that there are a lot of bare bones Android tablets that are $200 that that are – the whole purpose they exist is to run the Kindle app or the Barnes & Noble mm. app. So this already mm. exists. So this already exists. Velocity Micro makes one. I I'm, I'm sent an email to Randy this morning to see if he'll send us one. But at that point, why not just buy a Kindle? It's even cheaper well, that's and the cool. probably better at running Well, but, but this is why I say $99 is the right price now. A year later, these products might be $99 or less. And well, Kindle's have okay. A I mean, more I understand that I'm not rep- fully representative of the whole market, but like, for, I I don't need, especially now iPad two is even thinner. I don't need a Kindle because I feel like I've got the device that does it. So I don't know how I, as t- as tablets become more ubiquitous the way that camera phones are. I don't know if the if the flip, flip analogy is, is going to play out the same way. Here, here's the the difference is uh, the flip. The Kindle is a platform. 
not right. uh, not not a device. Right. The flip was a device. You could imagine a point in the future where Amazon. I mean, not that they necessarily would, but they could retire the they hardware might not, not and say yeah. our platform is now established and all these other devices. Exactly. We don't need to build the hardware anymore. The, the other thing is the e ink. I, I know that this is a super controversial thing. I have gone back and forth on e ink three times in the last year. But after you know, I used an e ink Kindle for years for, since the first one. Uh, read everything on that. Uh, when the iPad came out, I used the iPad for about six months to to read books. I read every day n- at night, right before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't sleep as well when I go to bed right before looking at a bright ass backlit screen. And there have been some studies There's that talk about sleep that. studies that that uh, nothing's nothing's co- confirmed, and this could entirely be a psychosomatic effect that exists entirely in my head. How However, you, how would you read your Kindle at night though? You need something. I hang like, a light over it, but oh, I mean, you have the a same little, way I do like with a the book. one light kind of thing. Well, the Kindle three, you get the cover and it has the light that folds out. It's oh, really it does. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's built in. It pulls power off of the. Wait, Kindle. that comes with it when you buy the Kindle. No, you have to. It's sixty. Oh. It's a crazy expensive. Accessory. Is that like an official Amazon accessory? It's the official Amazon one, but it's sixty dollars, which oh. is too much. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the upshot is, I like reading something that's front lit and reflective better than backlit and and transmissive. Okay. Um, but you said you've gone back and forth. Well, so when the iPad two came out as part of the testing, I went back to it and started reading on the iPad two again. Yeah. And it's like it's great. It's wonderful for reading. I don't like reading backlit stuff in here's bed, what I and would it's still re- too big. I don't know if you've done this already, but here's what I'd recommend to yes. you. I, I I did this. Yes. Turn the brightness way, way already down until it almost almost looks like an e-ink screen. I, I double brightness down. I turned the okay. brightness down on the system level, and I turned it down inside the Kindle okay. app, too. So it's, I, I, I did it so it's just faint enough that you can still yeah. read it, but you don't feel like you've got a bright screen show. But it doesn't feel like you're getting the glow. Yeah. And that you do the help, sepia that, tone. That, what, that helped me. That didn't help you? It's, it's better, but it's, okay. not, it's not ideal. Okay. I think that the iPad 2 can go dimmer than the iPad one could go as well it seems like okay um i mean it, it, it's not a terrible thing and the thing is it's a multi-purpose device so like the camera thing the nice thing about this is i don't take the kindle out of the house it's not like i take it when i'm traveling or anything I, you know if i'm going someplace i still bring the ipad and that's the thing i use and i use it for reading and everything right but given the choice i'm always going to use the e-ink device over the over the backlit device okay. for reading yeah. for extended reading I sessions see that. um the other side of it is at $99, a Kindle is something you'll give a, a teenager or kid, whereas I, I think it's going to be a little while before we see a bunch of, bunch of teenagers with iPads. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean and, and again, not that they haven't – they've had problems selling it already because obviously the Kindle has been very successful and they are becoming ubiquitous. Right. But well, again, once they hit 99, then yeah, then, then, then they're in the reach of Well, I mean the kids school system hands students. them out. Yeah. And that's where the textbooks are, you know. Oh yeah, terrific. I mean, you, you think about. I mean, I don't know if if if, uh, if this was the way it was for you, but when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I literally had this enormous ass backpack that was full of chemistry and biology and and physics and social studies, all these giant ass six pound textbooks. Yeah, so yeah. A generation of people with back problems. Yeah, exactly. Um, they used to have this thing when I was, I don't know if they had an American equivalent of it, but I love this. And whenever I think about it, it makes me feel very nostalgic. They used to have this thing at my school called the Penguin Book Club. And every now and again, they would bring around a brochure of different, uh, it was all different children's books. Okay. Uh, and you could, you know, like Roald Dahl and Edith Blyton. Oh, you're talking about elementary go, school. Yeah. Yeah. And you oh, could, yeah, we had this. You, you, would, you could order the books and like two weeks later they'd show up. Yeah, and when they showed order. up, it was the most exciting thing. Oh, it didn't even work Scholastic, like that for Scholastic us. book order is what we had in, in the okay. States. Oh, for us it was reading is fundamental. Yeah, it was like a really like newspaper-esque catalog and at the end there was like a, a strip, a vertical strip with a checkbox 
And then the books, like this is where we get our Goosebump books, R.L. Stein Goosebump books yeah, every, okay. every month, a buck ninety nine. And you bring in like your lunch money, save up your lunch money and give it to the teacher with the oh, checkbox see, of, of what with uh, which books you want. I just have these memories of like these little package of pristine brand paper, new books. Brand yeah. new paperbacks oh, yeah. of, you know, whatever the latest Roald Dahl book was and, you know, oh, it's oh, so good. And then and you compare the classmates. Norm. So here's the we, – we did it different when I was a kid. Because uh, I lived in a poor area, so we didn't, we didn't, they didn't expect people oh, to pay for stuff. <laughs> but they, they, oh, Will's childhood moment. We need like a yeah. intro. Song I need, I need a song for this. Um, but no, they, they, uh, re- the reading is fundamental thing came around, and they just had a bunch. Did of they books. highlight the word fun? No, maybe actually, like I think it was probably capital F U N. Okay. Um, and then the a mental was very small. Right. Uh, but but the riff truck would come, and they'd take over the tables in the library, and they'd just put a whole shitload of books out in piles. Uh-huh. And then it was a bum rush by all the kids, wow. so that you didn't get the you didn't get the shit books. You had to get there before all the bad books no, were. No, no good books to, were taken. Like the uh, nobody wanted Nancy Drew. Yeah. Oh. Really, I thought that was a pop- popular thing. Yeah. Not when I was a kid. No, what what, no, what no, were no. considered the good books? Um, I don't know. Club, huh? In in the cupboard. No, Babysitters Club was way after me. Two years after me, it was uh, always like the spooky books was what people always went for. So like the thirteen clocks and and that kind of stuff. Like Phantom um, tool booth. Yeah, yeah. we grew up, we grew up on very different kinds of literature. Yeah, I'm sure you were reading Shakespeare there with your pinky well, pink tea, well, the, tea pinky out. They made they made us read Shakespeare. We had to read Shakespeare too, but that wasn't what I would order. It's, I would, the, it's the pride of England, right? You know, we had we had great um, child authors like oh. like Roald Dahl and like Enid Blyton and I'm, uh, I'm going to give a quick tangent. Speaking of Shakespeare, oh, so but, shitty because, shitty fucking trailer oh, for that no. Roland Emmerich movie. Oh, yeah, with the Radiohead soundtrack? (sighs) What is it called? Um, Anonymous. Oh, God, it looks so bad. It's like Shakespeare in Love meets um, uh, National Treasure. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that theory that, that Shakespeare stuff was written by someone else has been going around for many years, and it seems to be discredited every time. Well, what does it matter? Who cares? Right. Whether Shakespeare was the person who we think was Shakespeare or some other dude who wrote as Shakespeare, who fucking cares? Doesn't matter. The plays are still lovely. Mm. Do you right? have a favorite Shakespeare play? Uh, I like the Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. I, li- I like the comedies. You like Bottom? Uh, I like Pan. Yes. Okay. Yes, I like the I like the whole thing. I had a hard time. I like the Tempest. Us, okay, as well. I had a hard time when they made us read the, the comedies in uh, in school because they weren't funny, you know, and it had to be explained to you what the joke was. It's like you know, you're, you when you think comedy, expected to mean something, but well, I just like that they're kind of whimsical. Something, yeah, something yeah. whimsical. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the the drama stuff is fine, but you know, Julius Caesar and and uh, and uh, Macbeth. I, I like, like Macbeth, Macbeth, even though it has the worst plot twist ever at the end of anything ever. What's the plot twist? Uh, I'm invincible because the witches told me that oh, no man, right, right, woman right. born, can kill me. Well, I was born by cesarean section, so I get you on a technicality. Right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten. If you about tried that. to pull that today, right? People, <laughs> people would be throwing shit at the screen. Yes, they would. Um, you should do. You should write a movie that ends like that. That'd be funny. My my favorite thing is when I went to see the Baz Luhrmann version of Romeo and Juliet, and there was like all these little preteen girls. Is that the, the Romeo plus Juliet? Romeo one? plus Juliet, yeah. which I actually thought was pretty. good I, I like that. Too, I thought yeah. they did a good job with it for what it was. You know, they kept all the original dialogue. And yeah, dude. I thought it had a very trendy. That also add, added Radiohead to Shakespeare, but did yeah. it in a way that was much better. Um, actually, it's funny at the end, you know, when when Leo DiCaprio kills himself. Is that Julia Stiles or uh, it's, Claire Danes? It's uh, Claire Danes. I always get them mixed and, up. And, you know, and so was, it's the end of Romeo and Juliet, right? So he shows up and he thinks that she's dead. Yeah. So then he takes the poison. Spoilers! 
Well, that's the thing. And all the girls freak out. I'm like, oh, what? He can't die. And I'm like, this has been, the, the end of this movie has been known for 500 years. It's what kind of, what, I, I know what the, the statute of limitations on spoilers is, you know, maybe a year or two, but come on. Is that Affleck's finest role? Is, I don't think he's in it. Yeah, is no, it? He's, you're talking about. Um, uh, John Leguizamo's in it. No, you're talking about uh, Shakespeare in Love. Oh, yeah. I thought Affleck was in. Uh, I thought Affleck was one of the Mer- Mercurio or one of that's, those guys. That's Shakespeare in Love. Oh, that's Shakespeare. Oh, he yeah. plays Mercurio in Romeo and Juliet in Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, okay. Never mind. Um, uh, mix and uh, first of all, uh, that's not Affleck's finest role. Wait, so hold on. He's he, he the bomb in Phantoms. The bomb in Phantoms. Yeah. I, we we we. <laughs> you know, I've watched Phantoms. I'm going to go ahead and say Affleck was not the bomb in Phantoms. That movie is terrible. In, much like a McGriddle. Yes. This this week's <laughs> fake outtakes are ejected right into the into the pancake. <laughs> this week, this week, what we should do is we I should just play the end music and we should do the real podcast after the end. Exactly, music. we're doing the fake outtakes first this right. week. April we Fools, to, we, we went around the houses there. Like, what 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 point were you making about the Kindle? oh the Kindle? I think it's I think twenty five bucks isn't enough. I think yeah. I think oh you don't think in, it's enough in, in, okay, yeah. in exchange for a, a device lifetime of annoyance well, I would yeah, like more it, than twenty five dollars. But, it does, but like you said, it doesn't sound like it's that bad. <laughs> here's it's the, just pro- here's the problem, uh, and also from marketing and consumer uh, mindset standpoint, when you, when you say the discount is well, first of all, they didn't they didn't sell it by saying the discount. They sold, right. sold it by saying it's one hundred and fourteen dollars. But everyone can do the math and. You interpret that as a twenty-five dollar discount, which means they're putting a twenty-five dollar value right. on this pain of you know the inconvenience of reading the ads, which means they're qu- quantifying it. That's saying that that my eyeballs to them are worth twenty-five dollars over the two or three years that that device will exist. When in fact, by selling these ads, they will probably make more CPM wise than twenty-five dollars. That's painfully obvious. What they should have done is dropped the ninety-nine dollars. Then it's not so much about the price discount and how much the actual discount is, but the fact that they wanted to get to it to ninety nine dollars, and this is the only way. Well, that's the thing. They could so, have done it w- without. I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, yeah. like today, one hundred and fourteen dollars doesn't sound like a very exciting price. It's kind of like a like a number they pulled out of their ass, but it does show that they can that they they found ways to kind of speed forward in getting the price down. So I think it's – and again, we talked about how important the $99 mental price point is. I think it's entirely possible that given they've been able to make this jump but with the ad-supported model, that you could be looking at the, the, this ad-supported Kindle at 99 bucks for this Christmas maybe. And well, yeah, we said that, that last year that's too. That's the remember. price of one book. 114 to 99 that's 15 bucks. Yeah. That's one book. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's just – I mean I'm sure that there's people out there who are like, oh, man, I can totally get a Kindle and that's 25 bucks cheaper. That's awesome. For me – the twenty five bucks is just an inconsequential. I mean, it's not an inconsequential amount of money, but it's it's not enough for me to say, okay, I'd like to get ads. Of course, the fucked up thing about this is on that story, we had two or three people that were saying, "Hey, we'd really, I I want to turn this no. on on my Kindle. And I would so, like this feature." Because they were sold by the, they want the twenty dollars examples yeah. of the type of ads you're going to get. And also, it's you know, the problem for me would be that I don't really know what the bargain is. You say, okay, I'm saving 26 bucks. You're saying it's a little Faustian. But what am I, but what am I real? I don't really know what I'm letting myself in for right. here. You know, so it's, it's kind of a, it is, it could be Faustian. Right. It's going to be full screen. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be, here's, they're going to integrate ads. You're going to be reading I'm about you, Bella You're going to have, you're, you're, you're going to have, um, you know, Mr. Darcy wearing Reeboks. The official, you know it. They said, the official they, beverage they of Twilight New Moon oh, is exactly. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, Bella. Yes, I will impregnate you with a vampire child. But first, let me drink this cool, refreshing. You should take up. off that Trojan condom there, whatever your name <laughs> oh, is. God. 
Yes. Um, yeah. The only condom known to defeat vampire right. sperms. Yes. In uh, in I don't I never read Twilight, so I don't know what the hell you're talking I don't, about. Right. Uh, how the fuck do you you have to know? No, I don't. I, I all I know is that uh, I read an article about you went to Comic Con. No, I, I read a Comic Con. Well, I'll, I'll go on the tangent. Kevin Smith talked me, about it for go, twenty no, no, minutes no, no, no. Actually, while we were at Comic Con. The it was the two and a half Smith years talk. ago, right before, uh, right at, at oh, the boy. I guess the um, the peak. I don't know. Is, is Twilight still a phenomenon? Yes. I guess yes. right when it exploded. I was at the um, the panel for. Uh, it was the Fox panel. No, it was not the Twilight panel because it was in Hall H. And it was a panel. Keanu Reeves was there. It was for the day the earth stood still. Fox. Gort. Uh, that was a terrible And there movie. was a surprise uh, Hugh Jackman appearance afterward. Ooh. Uh, and yeah, people were excited. But I was there for the, you know, the Fox movies panel to get the preview of Wolverine before we all knew Wolverine would be bad. Half the people there were these teenage girls wearing the Twilight shirts. Team Jacob or Team, team Jacob. Uh, yeah, exactly. Edward. And I had no idea what these shirts were. <laughs> no idea. You, you were annoying I, I was much happier. So even, so even though this was then. a thing that had erupted out of geekdom and into the full popular culture, you had somehow remained oblivious well, to no, it. I don't think it had full popular it was culture. A tw- it, it was, was just, tween girls it at that point. It was tween girls. Yeah. It was right Wait, before were any the movies. The, uh, so the movies weren't out? This was before the, movie, the first oh, okay. movie. Oh, okay. So it's so pre-movie. I, I pre-movie. And it was just tween girls and their moms. And this was before uh, – this was before I think they'd even announced Christian Stewart and what's his name? No, no. They were there. Right. That's why – that's why the teen girls were there, and that's how like Summit Entertainment got the the movie the deal to do the uh, the movies because they bought the rights early. Yeah. Um, but going back to the Kindle thing, uh, it's going to work because it's also going to be sold to Target and Best Buy, and people when they browse the shelves they want a Kindle. Well, Best Buy is but it's in Best Buy now. The Wi-Fi Kindles were out no, no, of stock no, I'm at saying, Best I'm Buy saying, yesterday. You know when they go shopping. They look at oh it's a Kindle. Look, there's a one forty dollar hundred forty dollar version, and here's the one fourteen dollar version. People not thinking we're going to pick up the hundred fourteen. Well, and it sounded like you say the Kindle with offers. Then they're not saying Kindle with ads. It's exactly. saying like not only do you save money, but you could even save yeah, more money, money with this it, version. It, it sound exactly perfect point. Like it sounds like a free gift card in the it's magic in the box. This is the greatest piece of consumer electronic. Well, another I thing think about this will it be is, successful. Oh, of course it will. Um, I think it's because it's, they're going to put on their homepage and twenty five million yep. people come every day. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that's important for that is that it gets to gift giving level. Cause we were talking, I was talking to Melissa about this this morning. I would not, she I reads would, a lot. I would not give someone a, a, the Kindle. I would pay the extra $25. No, no, no. I know. Well, you would cause you're, cause you include your stuff, but like the average Walmart shopper is probably not. Right. Why is the Wi-Fi one $25 more than the with offers one? Yeah. Cause you know, they're going to call it with, with offers at, at, at the it's probably the only one they'll sell at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Anyway, at the very beginning of this conversation, Gary said eventually they're going to get down to $99 Kindle. They will. So is that going to be $99 for straight Wi-Fi oh, or is boy. it going to be $99 for the offers at first? The offers and with other compromises. I, th- I don't think that with offers will ever get below 60 bucks because they need to keep it a reasonable – they need to make it well, enough of an investment that people will buy books for it. Also, it's it, valueless I mean, the, the e-ink screen it. costs them – I think so, like fifty bucks to make. Like well, that, that that is always fifty going bucks, down. and like the three G radio was like thirty dollars, and that's going to go. There's down. no three G radio in this. Right. That's how they. I'm got surprised to that they haven't actually done some special bundle type things where, like, you know, when the new when the next. I mean, obviously they're done now, but like the next Twilight or the next Harry Potter book comes out, that they didn't do like a branded Kindle but that you, had the you, book preloaded on it, and there's no Harry Potter books for Kindle. Oh, that's right, because she doesn't like she that. doesn't like ebooks, right? But but twi- whatever, one of the, you know a big whether whether it's the or, next big fucking John Grisham right. or whoever is a big author these days. Well, the thing is, I don't know that there are that many big authors because the other thing that's happening in Kindle world is all the Kindle singles and the Kindle self publishing stuff 
If you go to the Kindle store and look, browse by top sellers, it's all like $2 self-published novels that people couldn't get real publishers to yeah. do. Oh, man. And I mean it's it's both it's, very it's, it's good. Totally, it's totally opened – it's changed the rules of the self-publishing world for sure. Yeah. I mean it's opened the door to self-publishing in a way that no one kind of – I mean I, it's the kind of thing if, in retrospect it's easy to look back on and say, oh, yeah, OK, this is obvious. But I, I never thought that, that the $2 self-published thing would be outselling the John Grisham book. I mean that's stunning to me. Right. But people still want the John Grisham book. And, and it's a very good point. Well, right. Why isn't there like a Costco bundle? You can never buy just an Xbox at a Costco. You have the Xbox – Plus for fuck's sake, dude! Don't encourage them to bundle shit. It's, it's be a like terrible the John thing for people. Grisham, you know, Kindle bundle. You get five books bundled with your. Kindle. Well, I mean, when the Harry Potter, when she releases Harry Potter on ebooks, because you know that's not a moral decision; it's a George Lucas style decision. Well, what the, what is the decision? I was going to ask you what you think that, is, that's really all about. You'll she, it's because she wants to sell the. She didn't want to cannibal. She can sell those books twice. Why would you not sell those books twice? Because everybody, the market wasn't exi- in existence enough when the Harry Potter books were being finished to release Kindle versions because, you know, she sells the hardbacks the first go around. Then she sells paperbacks for people who want to give them to their kids. And then when you get a Kindle and you want to read it a second time 10 years later, when you have kids, you buy it again. So you don't think it's some valiant moral stand that she's no, making in defense fucking, of it's Star of Wars on Blu-ray. Reading. You think that's what it is? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's fucking reading's reading, dude. I don't know. I think when you're that mega rich, I don't know. I like to believe that you don't get that, that, that kind of avarice rich. goes away when you're that and, and rich. No, but no. if you look at Lucas, apparently it doesn't. Well, Lucas lost all of his money when he got divorced in '87. That's the thing that that that's why he redid the prequels and mm. all those special releases because he needed cash. Mm. Um, but but you don't get mega rich like Joe Rowling without uh, without a certain degree of business savvy, right? Anyway, uh, Microsoft Mix going on right now. Norm, you you have information from this. Basically, connect SDK info. Winfo 7 phone information uh, and a new HTC phone on the way. That's, that's not from Mix. They oh, that's – oh. Microsoft doesn't do Android. Uh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first thing is uh, Windows Phone 7, uh, the VP of, uh, VP of Microsoft, uh, Joe F. F. Rowling? No. Um, Fitzgerald? Name, Fiorante or something. Oh, um, Figueroa. F- yeah, Figueroa. Some, some I forgot his name. Um, he came out, uh, did a speech. They uh, really apologized for lack of updates on Windows Phone 7. Yeah, that seems uh, about the right. Some little copy-paste. Um, but uh, they, they, they said they hired more people, and they, they put up a fact page about where, my up- where are my updates. for people. Where's my wiki? Um, and uh, they say by the fall they'll have the, uh, the big mango update. Oh, um, fuck, be- fuck that, man. That's, that's what they promise. What in the hell is – I mean – yeah. You can't release something and say we're going to have an update and, and Samsung people. I mean, that's just not cool. Yep. So Mango's in the fall. Uh, I like saying- that Samsung has now become a verb for you, for people getting fucked over. Well, I mean, this is focus, captivate. I have two Samsung phones that were promised updates that are sitting on dick. How much, how much goodwill do you have left for Samsung at this point? Are you completely yeah, – You noted I bought a Panasonic TV, didn't I you? I Samsung TV. I did. I did I'm excited for right. the Series 9 laptops. No, Windows Phone 7. Windows Phone 7. Um, they put the blame on the carriers. The carriers are the ones holding it back no and shit. not doing the testing. But it, it's everyone's to blame. Um, so the thing is, Microsoft's name. The fucking phone has Microsoft written on the front of it. It's yeah. the thing you see when you pick up the phone. It's Microsoft. Microsoft is responsible in the eyes of consumers because it's running their OS, and they're the ones that came out and said, "Hey, we're going to have updates in early 2011," and and they did haven't the, done it. Did the cut and paste thing even come out? No, yet? on a couple of phones. A couple of phones, and that's the thing that's being tested by Kira. So they're hiring more people. To make sure the testing process goes faster next time. Priced on a crutch. And uh, somebody, somebody oh, needs to. And, and, they, they, and they, get but they on did this. say Angry Birds is coming out from Windows Phone Seven. 
Yay. At, at May, even though they promised spring, which is, I guess was their big thing, but there will be Skype. May is spring. Skype also. Oh, wow. Uh, for for Windows 7 this fall. Hey, do you know when uh, I got Skype on my iPhone and on my Android phone and on my pre? Well, I can't do voice calling on now, Skype. No, we talked about this yeah, on Twitter in the week. Well, and you 3G? said that all the basics are there. I, I said would, most of the basics well, so are Skype there. Skype is not there. Skype isn't there. Pandora, I think, is still not there. Pan- that's a basic. Uh, RDO is there, though, so I, f- I kind of don't need Pandora. Is there a Facebook app? Uh, yeah, there's Facebook's, Facebook's integrated. Okay. Is there a Twitter app? Twitter app's okay, there. Good. Twitter is not highly integrated. Mango is when Twitter will be high. Twitter is not highly integrated, and the Twitter app for Windows Phone 7 is not good. They're waiting on update, on the, the minor update. Is there a Netflix? There's Netflix. There is a Netflix. Yes. There is. Wow, that's Android, Android doesn't, doesn't, doesn't even have that right. yet. Correct. Wow, exactly. that's impressive. Because Silverlight. Right. Is there Shazam? Yes. Or if there's not a Shazam, SoundCloud is there. I think there's a Shazam, though. Is there Kindle? Yes. No. Yes. Uh, what? Hold on. Hold on now. There wasn't a Kindle when I was doing the review. I think Kindle app for Windows 1.7 has come out since then. Kindle, I would say, is a, is a state. I would, I would class, put that in the staple Kind category. Kindle is a top five app for me. Yes. On phone? Oh, yeah. Huh. Especially on, especially on uh, iPhone. Where? I'm going to go and tell you a secret. I am never without a book. You know, I like I was waiting for the oil to get changed the other day. I picked up and read a half chapter of my book while I was waiting in the line. You know, that's the beautiful thing about the Kindle is it is always there. It's great. That's the that's the benefit of having server side uh, is having all that stuff server side. Do you always know what it. you're reading next? Do you always have a book queued up behind? And that's the big problem is because my my old strategy for that was to buy books and put them on my nightstand and just pick them off the top and read. Mm hmm. With the Kindle, I buy stuff and it just disappears into the list of the hundreds of books that are already bought. Uh, and there's no way to sort by purchase date in the Kindle, which I think oh, is Oh, you can't even like make your own little playlist? You can make your own little list, but that only shows up on some devices and not uh, in all the apps and it's a little bit grim. But what I've done is I just only send stuff I'm reading to one device. Okay. Like the, the queue is on one device and I delete stuff when I've read it. So that helps. But Okay. So Windows Phone 7 got some of the basics. But, it seems like um, Amazon uh, Kindle for Windows Phone 7 is available now. Yeah, so like Pandora, I can live without Kindle. I can't. That's, that was ultimately why I switched and, and they off have, of the Windows Phone doing Spotify 7. too. Yeah. For the Mango update. For yes. Back, background music playback when you're in other apps. Um, other big thing is uh, they demoed the, uh, the SDK, Windows SDK for Connect. And it's kind of what everyone's been waiting for. Uh, it's going to be very, very robust. You can program you know, in Visual Basic, C++. Um, they did a, quick, did a quick demo with that. Um, and you'll have access to all of the Connect's abilities, uh, all of its microphones, cameras, and I think they have uh, skeletal recognition for two people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's really exciting, actually. And I think it's going to be a reason for people to buy Connect's or similar uh, you know, motion-sensing devices for the PC. Well, I mean, the, the, the big thing about that is right now, so many of the cool tech demos that people build for Connect, they don't ever release because it's so hard to get them running. Like, you have to have basically a development machine set up that, that has – the right driver, the right hacked drivers and the right libraries and all that stuff. And like when I tried to do those demos a few months ago on the live show, it literally took me all day to get two things working. And they only worked because they happened to use the same hacked library. So right? along with the SDK, is there going to be some kind of client version that will allow people that, that want to try out Connect? So apps? I assume you just install the SDK, right. which will be the which will include well, the client version. Knowing Microsoft, they'll probably do like a power pack thing. And it'll be like just like if they were multi-touch on or touch on Windows Seven, there will be like a touch. Yeah, some tech. I figured they would just do like connect drivers for PC. Just well, no, I mean the drivers, drivers definitely be there. I'm saying Microsoft itself will develop like 
you know, a couple a calibration routine apps. and yeah. Um, right. And then just let developers do what they want, you know, sell it's products. Great. I think it's a great idea. Have open source. I'm excited about using my, my, uh, my connect again. Well, the thing is, I, I, I don't think people, I mean, the things that we think we were going to do with the connect on PC probably aren't going to be. The Hello, Batman. Do. There will be Hello, Batman. I'm, I guarantee it. Uh, I don't think we'll be waving like Minority Report style. I think initially, maybe yes. Uh, but the, the things that we haven't thought of are going to be the cool things. And I, because the, the if it's connect for PC, you're sitting in front of your desk, the resolution is probably better, right? Even though the re- camera resolution is the same, it's going to be a higher fidelity because you're closer to the camera. So yeah. it will be facial recognition stuff as opposed to just body recognition. Well, facial recognition is coming in the next Kinect update as well. Well, it'll be better because you're, you're, you're up close to the camera. Yeah. So it'll be a little more precise. Um, so yeah, uh, what what on the the that, I guess that's it from Mix, huh? It's going on right now, so I'm sure there are more developments uh, as as the event goes on. Uh, what about the HTC Sensation, which runs Android and thus would not be announced at Mix, per your earlier comment? Yes, that that makes the most sense. HTC, yeah. HTC Sensation is the latest in the line of HTC Android phones. It looks like the area. Um, kind, they, all HTC or the Desire HD kind of or the same. Any other Android phone that HTC has made? Yeah. It's 4.3 inch screen. Okay. So that's big. Big. Uh, you got the uh, 960 by 5, 540 resolution. Okay. So QHD, which um, we, okay. uh, we should decide whether we want to ban that phrase at some point. I, I mean, do you think that's going to be a thing? I, the thing is, all those acronyms for resolutions are always like WXGA, and I, nobody fucking knows what well, those okay. things mean. Big difference. Like VGA, WXGA, these are standards. Yes. Like, and QHD, is that something that cr- came out of a standard or is that something that's it's, it's, pure it's, marketing? It's pure marketing, but at least it's marketing that makes sense. I mean, well, I can. Lowercase Q and then HD. And when HD, what does that mean? 1080p. Well, it means 1920 we know, by 1080 by 4. But, I mean, a lot I, of people think okay. 720p is HD. Semantics. Also, it's, I mean, but it's something that is both HD, HTC though. and Motorola are using. So. We'll see whether it sticks. And it has a uh, new Qualcomm processor, dual core 1.2 gigahertz. Is this a A9 based Snap Snapdragon? Yeah, it's the it's the new one. Okay, not Snapdragon. Or I guess it is Snapdragon Qualcomm. They, they call them all Snapdragon, yeah. don't they? So, yeah. but it's Cortex A9 instead yes. of A8, which was the previous generation. Right. And um, and there's a, a new GPU, which uh, they say is much faster than Tigra 2. They say huh. so. We'll see. Interesting. So we'll plus see it's that. a 4G. When is this coming out? Uh, not. For a while, like late last half of the year. No, well, like summer. Okay, so this this so have they they haven't announced carriers in the U.S. It's T-Mobile. Though. Oh, T-Mobile. Wow. So uh, HSPA. Huh. Plus. So, but okay, that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of surprising. I thought T-Mobile, but doesn't T-Mobile? I guess they have the G two, and that's a single core gigahertz, right? T-Mobile G two was not very good. And well, G two was a keyboard. It was the keyboard. So I guess they don't have a high-end T-Mobile phone right now. Not this high-end. Not on, not on, not dual core. Okay, that's good. That's interesting. That's a phone we'll probably test out, actually. A um, couple of other small things. Windows 8 was leaked. Uh, I, I know you were talking about screenshots of this looking really shitty and full of menus, Gary, earlier today. Yeah, they've got to clean that up. I've never seen a, 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 a GUI that looks so well. So, so many d- dials and buttons and blibs and blobs. So the important thing to note about Windows pre-release OSs is that they are – usually their MO is to build the new kernel first and then just lay the old UI, port the old UI onto that. And then the last thing that changes is the UI stuff. So – Whatever is what I, I haven't bothered to download this because I don't think it's worth looking at early because it's never representative of either performance or appearance of the final product. 
it's, it's this is this is this is something for internal use only for doing benchmarking and making sure their performance what's, is right what's at the, the big, low end. What's the big picture expectation on Windows? Is Windows 8 going to be a, a a big step up or an incremental update or what? Windows 8, I mean, if if uh, on the Vista kernel, which is what Windows 7 and Windows 8 are both kind of running, mm-hmm. um, it should be a fairly substantial step up. I, I would expect to see uh, some some well, support for new hardware as always. I wouldn't be surprised to see some more substantial UI changes again. Like I think they'll keep the the new taskbar with the with the buttons, mm-hmm. but I think we'll see some other stuff change um, uh, on the desktop metaphor and stuff like that. Well, the thing is, people expect a lot more out of a new Windows from Microsoft than people expect from Apple out of a, a new version of OS X. I don't think that's true. Well, the the difference is that Apple usually keeps a list of all the f- things that they add to the OS every time. So you can go to that page on on Apple, and it says we've added 350 new things, and then there's a fucking point by point list. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft's is just we've made it easier to use and better and more reliable. I would like it if they quantified it a bit more. I like the quantification. I I, I would disagree with you, Gary, about uh, the expectations because like Leopard is Snow Leopard. Snow Leopard was a Snow Leopard was thirty dollars. Yeah, it's a thirty dollars, twenty thirty dollars. Exactly. Upgrade. So my my point is that people expect more from Microsoft out of a new Windows than they do from well, but Apple. They charge well, no, but people didn't expect much Windows. out of Snow Leopard because it only updated a few things. People expect a lot out of Lion. I can tell you that, no question. And is that is that going to be like hundred bucks? It'll yeah. probably be the normal. I, I, I didn't consider yeah. Snow Leopard to be like a real a full upgrade, like from Vista to Seven was, or something like that. Right, well, Snow, Snow Leopard is, is something you did. Snow so you Leopard, get their, their iteration. 11. The point is, their iteration is different with Microsoft. Well, they're on because a, of the history. They're on about the same deve- development cycle now. Now though. they might be. It's about every two years. N- now they are, but before it was like you know from three point one ninety five, big jump, ninety five XP, big jump. Well, but there were two, uh, three other Vista. incremental versions between ninety five and XP. Right. So is eight going to be like a ninety five to XP, or is it going to be like in uh, a Vista to seven? I mean, well, Vista so, to seven was a huge jump because Vista or, was such a piece or, of shit. But from from ninety five to ninety eight is what you're thinking. Right. About. I mean, you got to think of Snow Leopard. I think almost like a service pack. I mean, you know, those right. Microsoft I mean, they, put those out with no fanfare at all. Well, that, I mean, they changed a lot of under under uh, under. Uh, well, but, but they're big service, service packs pack. and small service it, packs. It's it, like service pack two for XP was. I think more than that because they changed some of the fundamental apps too. Well, that's true. And and like just the way you do the, the folder browsing. It's Snow Leopard was to test the waters for the big changes that are coming and to set the stage so that the apps – I mean the stuff that they did in the, under the hood for Snow Leopard lets them do um, much more – basically modernized the under under the hood stuff in the OS when it comes to multi-core rendering and taking advantage of GPU and stuff like that. The, the worst thing Microsoft could do with Windows 8 is use uh, is make it a way to shove like app stores down our throats. Yeah, well that seems like one of the things is probably – I mean there's an app store looking I, thing in the – Do not new, like. Do not want um, the the interesting thing so the expectations are really high on reliable like a more reliable windows than windows 7 is a very low value to me because like last night i had to reboot my computer when i installed that hopog thing and like i couldn't remember the last time i'd rebooted my desktop at home yeah it's, i mean it's not about i don't I think it's about reliability it's about fixing the things like right now that well, microsoft isn't trying to fix windows like making networking. the ui more consistent making things easier to do it's like things you can't do in windows easily yeah. Like shared shared Share, folders, I mean, stuff. yeah. Um, that home group stuff that they put in Windows Seven has been a complete dog because it never ever works. It seems like to me. Well, I don't know. I don't use it. Right. I mean, because it doesn't. When you, when you do, I set it up with in my house, and it worked in the lab with professional switches. When I plugged it into a home router, it just didn't work right. Um, the the. I mean, the larger issue is at some point they're going to have to kind of cut loose all the legacy stuff that they hang hang back on. 
And I mean, that's the big advantage Apple has always had is that Apple is not afraid to say, okay, I'm sorry that you bought a PowerPC powered Mac 18 months ago, but tough shit. Right. You're not supported anymore. Right. Um, and Microsoft, I mean, fuck, you can probably run Windows 7 on a on a 10-year-old computer at this point. Well, I don't know about that. It's not going to run well. How many 10-year-old computers have one gig of RAM? Well, but it'll run with 512. Will it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I never tried it. Windows 7, like a... I thought one gig of RAM was, oh, was yeah. Windows 7 seven. starter, probably. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the point, though, is that... For Microsoft, this is a really this is a really big. I mean, every release is a big release for Microsoft, but Windows Eight is a huge one because Windows Seven was very good. I'm actually surprised um, that they, given that Windows Seven has been the most successful and did turn around the the embarrassment of Vista. Yeah, because um, I mean, the, the Vista years were grim for Microsoft. They were just awful. To be clear. It was an embarrassment. Yeah, and and so if it, you know they needed to get Seven out there quickly. Well, without Vista, Apple wouldn't be in the place it is today with desktop and notebook PC sales. Mm. I don't think. Um, for, for for sure. Uh, but what I'm wondering, eight seems to be coming quite fast on the heels of seven. Well, the other stuff that changes with eight, of course, is they're going to release an ARM version. So it'll be able to run on ARM powered tablets like the I obviously won't run on the iPad. But if you have you'll be able to release ARM powered tablets that can run a fullish version of Windows. Now, whether that's yes, a good that's idea or not. That's always been the problem with their tablet strategy all along. Well, of course. But if they're if they're redefining the UI at a core level to be more tablet-y while still being able to run real applications, then that's kind of interesting. It is a big fucking challenge, and I don't know that they're going to be able to execute. But, I mean, God bless them for trying. I I really just think that if they wanted to get into the tablet OS market, the way to do it is with a tablet version of Windows Phone 7, not, you know, not with Windows 8. The thing is, if you're innovating and trying to break into a, a market that's already existing, the best way to do it is never to do exactly what everybody else has done. And what everyone else has done is scaled up their phone OSs into tablets by scaling down their Windows OS if they can get the price points right. I mean the problem – the big problem with Windows tablets up until this point, uh, the, the tablet PC edition ones, is that they were all crazy expensive. So did – so I mean given, they were given the Apple bucks. Were, given that Apple were the first to do that, to scale up I, I, iPhone OS. Yeah, they have a huge to the, advantage. To the iPad. Do you – are you saying then was it, was it a mistake for Android to scale – uh, I, and uh, Google to well, scale Android. I think if you're going, again. I mean, I think Android, Android probably is, is okay. Isn't being scaled because right. Honeycomb is. I mean, the kernel might be the same, but Honeycomb is a completely different interface. I, I mean, here's the thing: at some point in the not too distant future, I think Apple is going to have to move away from the scaling the big, o, the little OS up to the big device. I mean, I think you're, you're going to end up with something that's much more hybrid, and we're seeing that coming down from Lion, and I. Bet the next version of iOS for iPad is going to be more OS ten. Going to meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and we're going to end up in the middle for the tablet devices, right? Because the thing is, the complaint that people have about tablets is they aren't PC enough, and the power is getting better on the mobile side, on the tablet side. Yeah, but surely that's one of the reasons why iOS and these other tablets have been successful is that they haven't tried to replicate a PC type experience on a tablet because we've learned that's not what well, people want. They want a very simple. Abs- they want the Fisher Price factor. Absolutely, but the, the oh, you're going to stick with that one, aren't that's you? That's a good analogy. Um, but the but the the difference is there's no reason you can't take the core. Oh, assuming you can thin down the core OS enough. To make it run well on the on the ARM devices, there's absolutely no reason you can't go the other way too. I mean, it's easier to go. I mean, it's easier to make a big iPhone than it is to make Windows tablety. But e- either way is possible. It's just the question is whether they can execute it or not mm. in the time that they have, and we don't end up three years late. Um, and and the thing is, it's looking forward. 
you know, the processors are going to get faster. Memory is going to get cheaper. Broadband is going to get faster. The screens are going to get better. Eventually, we're going to be holding in our – the tablet right now is equivalent to a 2003 laptop, no problem. So, you know, in five years, do you want to be using a phone OS or do you want to be using a more capable OS – um, it, it, well, yeah, but I mean, I, obviously, I if the experience is the same, but that's the thing. The machines are always going to become more faster and more capable and more powerful, but I, th- that doesn't necessarily mean that I want the interface to become more like a desktop computer. But my point is, I don't think the interface has to become more like a desktop computer. I think you can have a tablet finger friendly interface yes. on a tablet that has the backing of the real OS behind it. So you can run, you're not limited to app stores. And I mean, if Microsoft comes out and says, look, you can run here, we're not going to give you some jank up version, janked up version of of writer, of a stripped down word processor that can't keep up with the cursor. We're going to give you a real word processor that mm-hmm. syncs to our cloud services, and I mean that's a that's a that is compelling, at least on paper. Like I said, right. whether they can execute, huge, 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 enormous question. Yes, but I mean that's what they're going to try. That's what that's why they're doing Windows eight on ARM instead of bringing Windows Phone seven up to tablet. But what size. I'm saying is Windows eight needs to be not just kind of a technologically scaled down version it needs to have it needs to have a tablet way of doing things. well right i think i mean i like think they can't just do what they did with windows 7 and just put it on tablets right i think well the and you're pro- pressing the same start menu with your finger the way that you would point the mouse yeah, the, on the desktop the mistake has always been that the way they made a tablet edition of windows was they added digitizer support and put in a little window that pops up so you can write shit down instead of typing yeah that's shit that's bad that was the wrong way to go everybody knows that so I mean the thing that's going to happen is on Windows 8 when you install it, when you have it on a tablet, you're going to have a pop-up keyboard very similar to what we have on the iPhone. It will probably do voice recognition and all sorts of other crazy shit too because that actually works you know, on, on Android. There's this, no reason you can't do that. But this is where I'm confused. On the Apple side, I kind of see the convergence that you're talking about where iOS is kind of taking on some, yeah. some, uh, some OS X type features and Lion is taking some of the iOS stuff and they're kind of becoming you know, one and the same. Kinda. Yeah. What I, what what Microsoft has is two interfaces at different ends of the scale that look look like nothing like each other. You've got Windows seven slash eight on one end. Right. And Windows Phone seven down at the phone end. I don't know what you get I don't know what the middle version of that looks like. Well, because I mean, they're so completely different to one another. But I mean they're, they're fundamentally they're no more different than OS ten Tiger and iOS one were. Right. I mean, iOS one, the icons were the same, but I mean, and it was running a stripped down version of the OS ten of the BSD core on yeah. the phone. Yeah. But I mean, Safari. I mean, they, the windows were shaped the same, and they had the same kind of Chrome and stuff like that. But the the OSs were very different beasts. And I, I mean, it's a evolutionary. It has to take time. I still kind of feel like I'd rather be I'd rather be hearing that Microsoft was building a beefed up version of Windows Phone 7 for tablets than a beefed down version of Windows 8 for tablets. Yeah, but if, I mean, if they're going to do that, if they're going to do that, come in late to that market with a product that is another Me Too product, why, why not spend the extra time and come into a, with a product that's designed for the future rather than competing with a two-year-old product? But they already just did it with Windows. You say Windows Phone 7 is a, is a Me well, Too product. Right. And we've learned an important lesson about coming in five years, three years late with a Me Too product. Yeah. I mean, well, I, and Microsoft apparently has still not learned that lesson. Well, but they keep I, doing it. I mean, you, you have to release that product. But the thing is, if you're doing both things, if you're going to design the desktop scaling down and the mobile scaling up, but the mobile, you know, the mobile scaling up is a dead end and it's probably not going to sell very well. Then why why waste that energy and why not focus that on the? But other I don't thing? know that the mobile scaling up again. Google have done it. Google, you know, Google had, Google took Android and rebuilt they don't have it around copy a tablet. And paste yet, a tablet. Gary. 
No, they don't. And that's a right. problem. They can't get updates out for their phone. That is a problem. Right. They don't need to be – the phone people don't need to be doing anything new. I've said it before and I'll say it again. They need to get Balmer out of there and Agreed. someone with a fucking vision steering that ship. Vision of sales is what, what Balmer has. Yeah, exactly. Um, more you quick – You can't have sales in technology without vision. That's the problem. Mm. Absolutely. I mean the thing is – Whatever they're going to do, it's going to be. We're going to talk about it. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I mean, Microsoft at this point, under Balmer's vision, is basically just turned into a very classy version of a gray import knockoff company. <laughs> they're like they're basically <laughs> making Chinese iPad knockoffs oh, that are boy. slightly better than that. <laughs> oh boy, that, that's that's racist. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I just all I'm saying is, don't judge Windows 8 by a leaked pre-release. Nightly no, build. I'm going to try not to because those but those those screenshots were very scary. They're intentionally bad. Yeah, I mean they're they those, those are engineer screenshots. Okay, that is UI designed by and for engineers. Right. Um. Uh. Let's see. Windows eight. Oh, a uh, uh, company released a, or I, this was a Kickstarter, right? The digital film for analog cameras. No, it's a Yanko design thing. Oh, is that it? Okay. Uh, those are the guys that do the lenses, right? No, no. It's con- just a different product, thing. Product entirely. design, conceptual design. So uh, this was really cool. I, I've actually seen other things that are similar to this before. Well, though. there was one that was almost put to market ten years ago, but there's just inherent limitations and probably will will not happen because of batteries and stuff like that. Multiple problems. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a film film insert for old school film cameras that turns them into digitals. So it's basically a thing that fits in the two slots where the 35 millimeter film goes and then rolls up, and is mm-hmm. and has a has a sensor back. And it just – it has a 35-millimeter piece of uh, CCD or CMOS sensor or whatever that is exposed just like a normal piece of film in your old Nikon or Canon or whatever your 35-millimeter camera was. I think that sounds pretty rad because I have a 35-millimeter camera that I'm quite fond of. Well, if you like the lens. That I never right? use. Um, but they're also – the other way to do it is to actually take a, a – and someone has done this before. Take a, a modern digital camera yeah. and – Get a mount or custom made mount so you can actually but yeah see, an adapter for whatever kind of mount you had. And I, I think there was like a photo project where someone took a state of the art, I think it was a, like a five D Mark II or something or a seven D, and put like a hundred year year old lens on that. Wow! Um, and took photos. Oh, that's cool. I think that is much cooler. That's the way to do it. Um, uh, yeah. So use a modern body and a and and classic lenses. Um, Cyanogen Mod Seven is out. That's the gingerbread version. Uh, it's only for limited phones now, I think. Uh, but the usual suspects, the G1 and the and the Nexus uh, Nexus S, Nexus One. Well, Nexus One at least. I'm Sorry, sure. Nexus S. I think Nexus S is maybe they haven't released. I don't know. Anyway, but Nexus One definitely. Uh, a lot of the HTC phones, I think the Incredible and all those are on the list. But basically, cyanogenmod.com. You, if you're interested in that, you can find it out. It's a little tricky to do the first install, but it's pretty nice once you get it going. I know uh, Matt Braga is uh, is a cyanogen guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, Star Trek coming to Netflix, guys. The whole everything, well, the enchilada, except for Enterprise. Just the TV well, shows. No great loss. Exactly. No, Enter- Enterprise is going to be there. Oh. Um, Damn. Oh, well. It's, it's going to be, uh, I think July is when the first batch is coming, but DS9 will have to wait till the fall, I believe. Oh, and Bonk is actually the one, the series the one, I most yeah. want to rewatch. I haven't watched any DS9 hardly, so I, I would oh, like to watch DS9. Again, once they get into the Cardassian War, that's when it really gets right. going. That's the best stuff. So though. three years of boredom followed by there's a couple a, I mean, of seasons. You gotta, of you gotta, there's select episodes in Dominion the first, War is what I mean, yeah. not Cardassian War. I think we should do a, a, day, a watching day. It's more, we did it already. DS9 is more than one day because it's so serious. Serial, and um, 
Yeah, it's difficult. You yeah. can't just you can't just pick and choose like yeah. ten episodes. You can't. Yeah. There's no. I way. mean, you, you kind of can from the first few seasons, but they're not the, again. Right. The they're first not that few great. Seasons is, is just getting to know the characters. Oh, you find out Benjamin Sisko likes baseball. You find out who Gold Cod is. But then Ooh. after season four, it becomes heavily serialized. Oh, you can't, okay. You can't just watch episodes. I mean, yeah. you can, but it would be hard to do. Yeah. Okay. It's like a, a long novel. And then if we wanted to watch all of the good Enterprise and Voyager episodes, we could just spend like two hours one afternoon. Voyager has a has a couple of good episodes. See, here here's the uh the, there there's split camps with Voyager. A lot of people like Voyager. The people who do like Voyager like certain episodes because of the fan service in those episodes. Mm. It's like, oh man, that crazy episode with Andy Dick and the Prometheus ship, right? Some people hate those episodes because it is just fan service. Because it has Andy Dick. Well, and because it's Andy How Dick. How is Andy Dick fan service? Well, no, because he, he played He's like a, a super weird, fan. weird um, but Andy Dick wasn't the fan service in the episode. The fan service was a crazy new ship and also new holograms and a new set. Right. Um, but there are, I, I would say there are some decent, very good, uh, decent to very good Voyager episodes. There are some good ones and some good characters. The Doctor is one of the, I think, one of the great Star Trek characters. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, what Bark, they, Bark, the Barkley episode was good too. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were several Barkley episodes. Barkley became a recurring character. Yeah, because uh, Troy. Yeah. He, was, he was really the head of the effort to try to recover them and bring them back. Right, the lone crackpot. The, I like the uh, two-parter when they're, that, the total fan service episode uh, on Earth with Egg Bakley Jr. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, Year of Hell is a great episode even though they, pr- they press the, uh, reset, the reset button. button. Um, you know, the biggest problem that I think Voyager had for fans, you talk about fan service, is the, the most common complaint I hear is they took the Borg, which yeah. were a fantastic enemy, and really ne- neutered them and made them yeah. not, not as scary as they yeah. used to be. Because yeah. they tried to humanize them. Yeah. Well, they humanized them, and they also made them a lot less powerful. Well, the whole thing that was scary about the Borg was that they, they weren't humanized. And by humanizing them, you made, you, you, they, they, they well, just sucked. In First Contact. The, the same thing that happened with the Klingons the big, and uh, TNG. The the big jump was in first contact when they changed the Borg from a collective to a hive mind yeah. uh, with the Queen. And then in Voyager, they started incorporating people who were even stronger than the Borg. And that was just a Where do you stand on, on Seven of Nine? Uh, I'm, I'm fi- I like Seven of Nine. I give her a seven. Of, of, out of oh, nine? No. Of nine. Oh no! I like se- I like I like seven, I like seven nine. She, I mean, she she was she was kind of parachuted in as a desperate attempt to prop up. Oh, yeah, right. the, 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 even special features. They always say like, you know, she was the Oliver the, of what, uh, no, well, Voyager. Not, not the Oliver, but they knew that once she was cast and the, the moment that she the promo photographs um, for the show before they started filming, like Kate Mogra said, "Oh man, we're all getting bonus checks next year because yeah. our ratings are going to." They desperately it. needed a hottie. And, Look and at she, that tight fitting bl- shirt. She certainly was yes. that. And um, but they did some good good storylines with her. She, I mean, she was a good insight. Well, into she the developed board. as a character. Yeah, I mean, she, that, she that was, was something that show lacked. She was the Data and Spock of that show when before there was no. Oh, but now didn't they already have a Spock. They did. They no, had Tuvok, but Tuvok yeah. wasn't Spock. Tuvok, there, there was no. He wasn't learning to be human. Well, that's true. Data, well, Data the Doctor worked. was the Doctor. Uh, doctor I guess the human. Doctor was cor- yeah. correct. And the Doctor kind of took a Voyager. Voyager did yeah. give us some real low points, though. Like Tuvix. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're you're. Oh, and no. the and the episode that I was so and the episode that was so bad that it was kind of unofficially removed from canon. Which was the <laughs> the one where Paris uh, goes to warp ten and begins to de-evolve uh, into a kind of a uh, slime. See, here's the thing: monster. transformations. They were all a big part of TNG. It's just the way they did it in Voyager was so bad. Um, it was very also heavy-handed. the whole Delta Flyer. Everything involving Delta Flyer. Was fan service and, and crap. 
Well, the nice thing about yeah, Voyager, I was never crazy about the Delta Flyer. The nice thing about Voyager for me was at the time I lived in an apartment where I didn't get UPN at all. I'd like hang the antenna out the window, so I didn't really watch very much Voyager. So that's all new to me too. I, I knew watched, I knew someone who was so hardcore into Star Trek that this was before you could easily find this stuff on the internet that he flew to America. Wow. To watch the premiere? The, the premiere of Voyager. Wow. Which wasn't very good. No. But they did do good stuff the later. Caretaker, part one and two. Yeah. Caretaker, that's right. I like what was the one where the Voyager was frozen under the ice? That was Timeless, I think it was called. Oh, yeah, because that was Far a good future. Episode. That was a yeah. really good episode. And, Chico- and Chicote had come back to try to fix what he had done wrong. Well, my, one of my favorite episodes, the one where uh, the doctor. Should, should we wrap up the show and then. Uh, this, just... I'm telling you, this whole episode has had, has had fuel <laughs> injected outtakes through the entire pancake I'll, pattern. I'll end with tech. The one with the doctor is Off reawakened in the cast. far future, and Voyager is seen by the people who had revived him as villainous. Yes. And they have the holodeck technology where they recreate. Uh, scenes from their history, their interaction with Voyager, and right. everyone looks crazy. Like Chakotay has tattoos all over his face. They're seen as like they're being demonized. That's right. And the doctor is like, no, you know, they were my friends. These are good people. And then he had uh, he tried to. Um, it was like a, a murder mystery, and he tried to. I uh, think I reset think, history. I think actually, even though D- D- DS Nine is the better show overall. Voyager is the more marathon marathonable. In the, I think you could pick seven or oh, eight yeah, strong yeah, yeah. Voyager episodes, yeah. and, and 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 mainly yeah. enjoy watching. And them. Voyager is more the Roddenberry esque. The, the, well, the problem with Voyager for me, not to get off topic. Um, yeah, we wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the problem with Voyager for me was that that it had such a phenomenal presence, like the Robinson Crusoe esque like premise of this show. It was a great was idea. Awesome. It was a very strong idea. And it idea. just started so bad. Yeah. It was just like the first season was so no, bad. No, first season was awesome because the whole point oh. of it was the, the Maquis. Right. Right. Something that part was of part the of the problem. I, never, I was never crazy about the Maquis. Uh, but the whole, like, unifying two crews for survival and there was like a traitor, you know, on the ship. Yeah, that was good. I mean, it was more to me the idea of of just it, throwing them into a part of the galaxy that we had never seen before. The Delta so it was, Quadrant, it was sure. all new, right. all new aliens. All, there was no, they couldn't rely on Starfleet. They were yeah. totally, you know, on their own. That, all that stuff that was a good idea. Was yeah, a good that's, premise that's, that's very good. The very the, you know, true to the intentions of Gene Ronberry. There's a Werner Vinge thing that says. Um, there's no way you can make a device complex enough to travel between stars that doesn't require land like civilizations to 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 like keep it going mm. like to keep that device running they call it the mass effect <laughs> it's not called the mass effect i can't remember what it's called but anyway that was the other thing that's weird about voyagers cuz there's no way all the weird shit that they did to keep that running and Filtering out like like you nowhere where you wouldn't be able to have the equipment necessary to refine dilithium crystals on but the they, ship. No, well, like, the but they would, often, they would no. often stop at places yeah. where right. they would resupply. Like, they didn't want to spend all their energy on replicators. That's why they had to grow food. Okay. And they had to yeah, trade. they they rationed quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. They they, okay. they, they were always aware of the fact that there was entropy. Was and a, was I'm, I'm, I'm going to end with uh, high points and low points for sure. I'll say one more high point: the episode where they are trapped around the planet, where the planet it, it accelerates faster than they do, and so you get the whole history oh the whole history of the civilization, of the civilization. starts firing rockets. Yeah, at them and stuff. I yeah. love that episode. That was a good one. It's uh, like that Futurama where Bender, Bender has a civilization grow on his chest. Kind of. Oh, I liked I liked the one where they land on the civilization where they love the doctors singing. And he oh, stays behind yeah. as an opera singer. Yeah. <laughs> but then he realizes that they, they actually have no musical appreciation. They just like it when he makes noises. Right. And, he, and he also the scream. one. He's a screech. Also the one where he becomes uh, the novelist and he has, uh, he has a big, there's a big fight over whether I, or not he can I, own the I rights to his I don't like that because it's too much like a measure of a man. Yeah. And at the end of the episode with the uh, holographic doctors like in the cave, like, like secret, like talking about the novels, like, oh man, there's a, there's a new novel about the liberation of holograms. Right. I hate that part. Right. Uh, 
holodeck stuff is low point, especially Leonardo da Vinci being Janeway's. Yes. Uh, never like, never like, I never like the Fairhaven and stuff. And the Fairhaven stuff is that the fucking worst. Twee, Absolutely. Oh. Twee little Irish oh, village. God. So annoying. I never oh. saw any of these. Also, I wasn't crazy about the temporal prime directive stuff that they brought in later on with True. the guys in the 29th century, whenever it was. That yep. seems. And going inside like that guy's brain, he was like, okay, never mind. Anyway, they they had the best approach to time travel though, because obviously time travel is hard to write with all the paradoxes and stuff. That whenever they would go, wait, so if we went back, doesn't that mean? Shame we just go. It's best not to think about it. That was that was the only that's the only rational approach. The thing that they missed was the opportunity to have breakdown of society, like like the fact that Janeway was able to maintain an iron fist on the ship. Well, what's interesting is that that Norm said that the show was true to the Roddenberry ideals. I think it was actually the first show that was created after he died. It is. It was. And, it and was in fact, they, I thought DS9 was. No, DS9 was, was middle. Was middle. Was, was, Roddenberry was still around. Produced. Okay. But it actually, they enabled them to do the one thing that they always wanted to do that Roddenberry would never allow, which is real conflict between the crew members. He always said in the future, Oh, there will be the, no. The, the, there'll be harmony. It'll be interspecies conflict. And that not made inter- it very difficult for them to create drama because all drama comes from conflict. Right, right, right. And so with Voyager, I don't think Roddenberry would have, would have signed off on the Voyager premise of the crews in conflict from the beginning because you've got Starfleet and Maquis, you know, yeah. not trusting each other. Right, right, right. But yeah, Vo- I'm, I'm look forward to marathoning some Voyager. Yeah. This is going to be a controversial. It's why Chakotay never got to wear the pips. That's right. This is going to be a controversial episode. Oh, yeah. We've, this between, is only a test. Between the cheese yeah, and the, the, uh, the Ben and Jerry's. You, and the Ben and Jerry's a, and the Star Trek. You need a little bit of a – oh, never mind. What, what do I need a little of? We need some, some bad episodes of Voyager in there. What? To, it, oh, to in the marathon? marathon? Yeah. No, no, ba- no, Balance it out. Maybe, it maybe, to put, mock. maybe the full maybe experience. Maybe put two Vicks in there or something. Just not, not just that bad for the mystery science not theater bad. element of it. <laughs> but the Fairhaven stuff, maybe. Oh God, so bad for Norman Chan and Gary Weta. Uh, this has been an episode of this is only a test, a technology podcast. We'll be yeah, yeah, focused entirely. Yes, on you should remind people at technology, technology podcast. Yes, for technology people. Uh, stay tuned for some uh, fake outtakes where we'll talk about real technology or something, maybe, or possibly we'll just go have a drink. Yeah, all the outtakes should now be purely about yeah. technology. Uh, playing the music now. Hi there, I didn't see you. Didn't do any questions. Fuck me, we didn't do any questions. Hey, it's time for questions. If you have a question, podcastattested.com. Keep it under a minute. Hometown trivia. Use a microphone. Run it through Levelator. Send MP3 or Wave. Wait, no, don't send Wave. Just send MP3 or AAC. Don't send WMA. Here is the first hey, question. No, wait. I want to be. I have a question. Okay. I want to ask a question to the podcast. Well, people. you can send it to podcastattested.com. If I can't it just, I'm, I'm here now. This is like this is the, violating this, protocol. This is like the thing that I said where you go to the store. I should take priority over people that just phone that phone <gasps> in. Our first question comes from San Francisco, California. Gary Witta. what's Hello, your question? Tested. This is Gary from London, and uh, my uh, oh, trivia oh. about my hometown <laughs> is that the Queen of England lives there. <laughs> That's <And> terrible <laughs> trivia. <laughs> and I'm my, having this question. <laughs> my question is actually one that I tried to ask you last week, and I can't remember if I got a straight answer out of you, but. I, w- I want to stream new release movies on the internet. Like I want to watch, say, Black Swan or Tangled or, you know, whatever the latest movies are that yes. came out. And I don't know if I should stream them on my Apple TV or through Xbox Zoom, which promises 1080p over Apple TV's mm. 720p. And I asked this to you and I said, doesn't that mean it'd be better? And you said something like, oh, well, maybe the Zoom codec isn't as good or whatever. 
But if I, you know, as you may know, I have a 65 inch television. I've heard. You may have heard about that. If I'm going to, I, yeah, I feel like I would get the, the benefits of 1080p if, in fact, it's better. So my question is, what's better, Apple TV mm-hmm. or Xbox Zune video streaming on new movies? I'm going to give you the same answer I gave you last week. I haven't tested the Zune software in ages. You, though, really, the way you find that out is by doing head-to-head, side-to-by-side comparisons. I can't do side. I've only got one TV. Well, fucking nut up. Well, maybe the readers have some... Uh, well, um, you can't do side by side because you have to do side by side really it's the same content. Right. Just because one like you know, a the, new movie might be better on Zoom because they encoded it more recently, other stuff might just be here's, here's on the other side. Get get the same movie twice. I'll do it if you want and do it this weekend. Buy the same movie on or Are you really gonna notice the difference on, on your TV though? Oh fuck it's, off. It's seven inches. Smaller. I regret I regret humoring <laughs> this request. We could have a real reader interaction question. You robbed a reader of getting to ask a question this week, Gary Weta. Um I don't know what Kodak Zune is using. I'll, I'll ask Microsoft. So the only way is to eyeball. The it, only way, really, I mean, you you can go in and like look at the files and reverse, but we can't really look at the files because they're only on the Xbox. So, yeah, the way we did this last time was I set up a multiple monitors, like the same same t- same monitor side by side, right? And did direct comparisons. That would it be is a good, really a hard good to test. Tell. Yeah, but but given assuming the bit rates are the same and they're using they're both using H.264, the Zune is going to look better. I don't okay. know that they're using. I, I may I may switch over to Zune. Traditionally, Microsoft has used um, uh, not H.264 but VC1, mm. which is a little bit less good codec. Um, but that might have changed when they switched to calling it Zune instead of the video marketplace. I think the pricing is about the same, even though you always have to do that. The fucking points. The just, I don't. I don't do it because of the points. So annoying. Yeah. I mean, if if you could just rent in dollars, I would probably rent from Zune. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you can't just buy a la carte. Like, I've got to buy a bunch of points and maybe use right. the leftovers another time or whatever. Well, you're going to use it to download PGA Tour packs. Probably. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger buy all those courses. PGA that Tour, to the Masters. In order to actually compete. Um, the uh, the other side of it is the Xbox is loud and the Apple TV not so much. Yeah, but the new one's not that loud. The new one's not that bad. Uh, I'm going to play a real question now. From that somebody. was a real question. You you, uh, you kept it. It was over a minute. Do, do you think it was rude that I just jumped to the front of the line? I, I like mean, that? literally, I have one, two, three, seven, eight. I have 24 questions that we haven't gotten to over the last few weeks. But your question was more important than all of those people's questions. I, I like to think so. Yes, here we go. Hey, Tested Podcast, HKZ here again. No fun fact about my hometown again. <laughs> um, got a question about an SSD. I've got an OWC 240 gig I bought from my MacBook Pro, and I might be getting a replacement for that MacBook Pro because I've had nothing but problems. And I was wondering, what is the best way to format that SSD for you know to get its out-of-the-box performance back? Um I'll have another boot drive, of course, so I can wipe the other one. Just wanted to make sure that I formatted it correctly so I didn't have any problems later on down the line. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with that particular model. If you do a long format, then that solves the zeroing out problem. Now, I understand that with old-fashioned hard drives, yes. performance gets slower as, as data gets fragmented over the over the years, and you have to... That's like, an old problem, but it still rears its head occasionally. But, yeah. I mean, is that really a problem with solid-state drives? So it's not about fragmentation. It's about... Um, have we not talked about this? We might not have ever talked about this before. I don't think so. Um, the problem with solid-state drives is that erasing the mem- contents of a flash cell is, a, is an expensive computation expensive process huh. so there's a there's a it takes a finite amount of time it's not like a hard drive where you can just write over previously used spot and it and it works the same with a with an ssd you have to with flash memory you have to basically zero out each cell before you can then write data into it 
So, I mean, you... I'm glad to hear it only takes a finite amount of time well, as opposed that, to the alternative. That is that is true. Um, <laughs> your your wise assery is no longer needed here, sir. I got a laugh out of Norm on that one. We're going to replace you with a Canadian. Um, and so begins the Gary Will feud. Um, no, so so the well, the difference is on a hard drive, it takes no time because there's no erase phase. Why does defragging take so long? Def- I know it's not the same thing. Yeah, defragging takes a long time because you're moving a lot of you're basically reorganizing all the data. It's like reorganizing your closet. In order to to put your t-shirts in color order, you have to take them all out and lay them on the bed first. Right. And figure right. out how much orange how many but orange I mean, shirts you have. Is, right. is his assumption even right that if he completely does the old like the, the, the hardcore format of his of his yeah, solid state drive that the performance will Not a through? quick format will help. The problem what happens with solid state drives, the pro- reason they slow down is when you reach a point where you don't have any already erased blocks on the drive. Uh, the drive then has to go and erase stuff before it can write more stuff. So you're so, so you'll be fine for a long time, and then all of a sudden your writes hit a just a brick wall. Um, the good news is newer solid state drives are smart enough to kind of look down into the file system level and see, oh, these are all blocks that should be erased. So they'll take care of that housekeeping for you mm. without having to do that. Alternately, older drives, if they support trim on Windows. Trim is a thing that basically passes up that command from the OS level to the to the SSD. So there's a lot of technology to make that work. Unfortunately, OS 10 support is kind of weird. The other way you can do it is to just – without having to wipe the whole drive is just to run the uh, – go into disk utility with a K in OS 10 and run the erase free space wizard, uh, which basically goes through and uh, zeros out all of the free space on the on the drive. It's good to do that after you've deleted a bunch of stuff. Make sure you empty your trash beforehand. And you might as well go away for a while because it will take an hour or two depending on how big the SSD is. Why doesn't the Mac have uh, an equivalent of the disk defragmenter tool? Uh, because OS ten. Because if your file system is set up properly, then you shouldn't have to run defrag. Okay. It should just take care of itself, which is the way OS ten works um, and, and newer versions of Windows. Like newer versions of NTFS – are much less susceptible to fragment it, fragmentation than older ones. Why doesn't Microsoft just do it that way then? Well, that's kind of what they do. Okay. I mean, it's scheduled to run in the background. You never even know. Like, you don't. I haven't run a defrag on my Windows machine in years. Yeah, I used to do it. Just you know, just you, you like to watch the blocks move. It's it, yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> satisfying, but that's not something that people really need. It to just worry happens about automatically. The thing is, now the computers are fast enough. There's enough spare cycles in the background <laughs> that if you leave your computer running when you're not at it, then it eventually it'll wake up and it'll just also do the capacity is so much more now. That right, it, it would take. It's not defragging isn't get too much faster, and I think capacity is moving at a rate faster than you could defragmenting is improving. Right. I mean, the times people have real problems with defragmenta- with fragmentation are when you're out of space on the hard drive. Or very low, and you have a cluster that's over here, and then another cluster that's over, and there's just no, this, so the free space is strewn out throughout the entire disk. Okay. If you never let your hard drive fill up, you're never going to have defragmentation. And also, hard drives are faster. Anyway. Yeah. Also, too. Got it. Sub tested. It's Jeff from Milan again. Uh, what are your opinions on the whole hackers versus Sony lawsuit slash cyber war going on right now? As much as I agree with what the hackers are fighting for, I really do wish they got a PR guy. To help uh, scrub out the leetness from their public statements, I think the public tend to not really like people that talk like assholes. So, always be testing. See ya. Can I just say, out of the three questions so far, I'm the only one that that correctly had hometown trivia. And these are people who who you didn't cut in front of them because they asked questions already. So this, this is the second this question. Is this is the first time you've asked a question on okay, the podcast. Okay, okay. Uh, feuds over. Beef settled. 
Um, I think that the I think that anonymous rarely makes things better. Is this the GeoHot thing? This is the GeoHot okay. thing. I think that uh, – well, since you've sent this question in, probably the settlement has come in and GeoHot is basically off the hook. He's not going to have to pay any fines or anything. No no harm, no foul. Oh, so it's all he, basically over? He just has to promise not to reverse engineer any Sony stuff in the future or break any encryption. OK. So that's something that he should be able to do as long as he doesn't want to rip any DVDs. Everything will be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the The, the – kind of cyber war that anonymous wages on people that they disagree with i find i think that makes the problem worse rather than better i mean i, I being civilly civil disobedience is a perfectly valid response but civil disobedience against parties that have very little to do uh with this and behaving like kind of spoiled children is never a good response to uh this kind of problem that you know, have a, have a rational discourse. Stop buying Sony stuff. Don't don't take down Sony's fucking website. I mean, it's, the juvenile doesn't solve any problems. Anyway, but I mean, what are you gonna do, anarchist? Yeah, everybody. Norton Gary raised his arms up in the air. I'm the one that's gonna hit the firebomb in my house. Hey, tested. This is Adam from Decatur, Illinois. A couple facts about my hometown is yes. when we host the Decatur Celebration every year, which is supposedly the largest free street fair in the country. And two, we are often hailed as the soybean capital of the world. Ooh. So, yeah, exciting stuff in Decatur. Um, on to my question. I recently had a Samsung home theater in a box that had an integrated DVD player go out. Um, I'm looking to replace the whole setup with the Onkyo HTS 3400. Home theater system uh, comes basically with everything except for the DVD or Blu-ray player, which I already have a PS3, so that's not really necessary. I was just wanting your opinions on whether buying an all-in-one package is okay to do, as I can get this from Amazon right now for about three twenty-five, and that will be a quick and easy replacement without doing a whole lot of research. Um, or do you think it's worth it to buy everything separate? And if I do that, do you think I'll be able to stay around the same price point? All right, thanks, guys. Love the show. I do not trust all-in-one packages. Yeah, I always do felt I. like those those things are never uh, a good idea. They, they work, and it all depends on your living room setup. Like if you have – I mean all-in-one is the receiver plus the DVD player. Yeah, that's what it is. And says. if you have good speakers that you, you want to pump out good sound to, get a standalone receiver. It will be more expensive, uh, but he, he has a PS3, right? So why do you really – what does the all-in-one add that getting a receiver will? I mean, he has a record player, turntable. Right. Cassette deck? I'm, I'm guessing that the last time I was really looking around for speakers, which was a while ago, mm-hmm. the all-in-ones were all DVD. I'm guessing that the Blu-ray versions of these kits are out now. Yeah, I mean the the the, the problem is what you've what he's already encountered though. When when one thing goes belly up, then then you have to replace the amplifier and the receiver. So the amp. So wait, the blue. So for example, the Blu-ray player and the amplifier. That's one box. That's I, it's it's one device that plugs I, directly into the speakers. I think so. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is that sometimes they're a little more kind of wife friendly shape, so they might be like a little flat thing that just kind of hides away someplace. Yeah. yeah. Two, two fewer cables. Yeah. Um, the thing I would say is buy an inexpensive receiver and just use your PlayStation and and don't don't sweat the the other stuff. I mean, just you. It's it's better to mix and match. Norm's absolutely right. Also, uh, you, you were looking at the Onkyo brand. I use an Onkyo. I'm perfectly happy with it. But just be aware of some people uh, who've bought them, even in this office, have not been pleased after a year of ownership. I have not owned mine for over a yeah, year. They, I've always heard – th- and this is entirely anecdotal, so take it with the grain of salt that anecdotal stories always – but Onkyo pe- – people who buy Onkyos frequently have horror stories about shit breaking like two weeks after it's out of warranty and stuff like that. Yeah. Actually, the uh, – uh, my parents actually have one, and uh, 
there was a time when in certain movies the uh, the, the receiver would auto shut off. Oh, awesome. Uh, or, or I don't know if it's getting blown out at very loud scenes in movies, explosions. My so, only my only tip for buying a receiver is if you care about 3D, make sure you buy one that is 3D ready, which means that HDMI 1.4. Yeah, it'll carry, it'll carry the HDMI signal all the way through. Yeah, I I um. I mean, if you're passing your HDMI signal through, it's more important to buy something that's good because you want something that's going to upscale well on the receiver instead of having to rely on the TV or the Blu-ray player to do that. Um, other than that, I, I mean, just get whatever get whatever's in your budget. And and I mean, it, since you already have the player, then don't sweat the don't sweat the other stuff. I fiddled around with my uh, custom settings with my receiver and finally got it so it wasn't like the dialogue was super quiet and then you know mega loud explosions. I managed Ooh, to equalize it yeah. a little bit. You got your levels right. Just turn, just turn the sound channel way up. Yeah, yeah, that's the key. That's basically all I did. Hey, Will, Norm, Anna, and Gary, and maybe Matt. This is Jonas from Kaiserslautern in Germany. Hometown trivia, Kaiserslautern is the number one largest U.S. military community outside of the United States. And uh, the Americans here actually call it K-Town instead of Kaiserslautern because they have trouble pronouncing that. And that is understandable. Uh, My question is about geocaching. Uh, when did you first hear about geocaching? Have you done it yourself? And did you like it? Did you have any interesting experiences? Uh, thanks. Love the show. Keep up the good work. We have a very good uh, Bundesliga soccer team as well, Kaiserslautern. I don't know what I understood. Yeah, one four of those, of those words. words I did not get. <laughs> right. Soccer is the one with the round ball with the black and the white squares. The Bundesliga is you know the top professional league, okay. soccer league in Germany. So what's the World Cup then? Just let, uh, let's just move on. That's a troll. Um, I heard about geocaching probably from Wired in in like before I can move to California. I think I don't know. Probably geocaching is just like leaving shit places. You leave shit places and then you you post here's a here's a like much like golf. Geocaching is an organized way to instro- enjoy a pretty afternoon. It sounds like a very fancy name for leaving shit. It's like around. going on a hike for littering, basically. Well, no, you bury it or you hide it in a tree <laughs> or something like that, and you post the you post the cat the the coordinates on the internet with directions to find it, and then you get there, and it's like it's like so it's like it, a treasure hunt. Yeah, have you ever been like backpacking but without any skill involved? Because right. you just lock it. It's, it's modern, you know, modern day Goonies. It's not. It's not easy. I mean, they're sometimes a little tricky to find. I've only been out maybe twice. What so. kind? Of, what kind of stuff gets gets left? It's usually like so frequently there'll be like a little notebook, and you can kind of write your name and be like, "Hey, I came here on the thirty first of January, and there was a giant snake on the path." Blah blah blah. I feel like this is one of those things that I just don't get. It's it's if you're not an outside person, it's probably not for you. Yeah, definitely not. Right. If if you want to leave stuff hidden around my house, like sweets, <laughs> geocaching, ge- just in the house, ge- domestic geocaching, Easter within, is coming within up within the five meter radius of accuracy. Right. Uh, if you want to geocache stuff in my fridge, right? Like, taste, <laughs> I don't think my GPS will work in your fridge. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go uh, and 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 get a slingshot below your house and just fire candy up at your windows. Sounds yeah. excellent. Yeah. It, it's I mean, but. Some people are really into it. I think I heard this NPR segment. Some guy who records songs and they're never released, but all he does is geocache them. And so if people find them, then they will hear his songs. Otherwise, no one will ever hear a song. Yeah, that's what I want to do is dig around in the stump of a tree for some guy's shitty music that can't <laughs> it's, get released. You're, you're a bitter, angry man. It's, I mean, it's basically just uh, – it's basically like a worldwide scavenger hunt. I mean, I, I remember um, – Using technology. Yes, using yes. technology. Technology. The vehicle of geocaching uh, is technology. Did you, did you hear about that Perplex City game a few years ago? It was like an ARG 
slash collectible card game that was all a bunch of like brain teasers and puzzles. That's the other thing that I don't get. You don't I like Bees was, was that as well, wasn't it? I love Bees yeah. was that, but this is different. I so love Bees. That's right. With this, you this you bought um you bought these cards, and each card had a puzzle. And when you put when you solved all 125 puzzles in the series, then there would be uh like that they, they had many clues throughout that would send you on a real life scavenger hunt. At the end of the scavenger hunt was a prize worth $100,000 or $250,000 or something like that. Yeah, I, I think there was there, there was something where what's her name? Jane McGonagall that does all the yeah, yeah, yeah. just uh, set up one in the New York Public Library for kids to run around yeah, and find things. Exactly. I mean, it's, I like, I mean, it's great it's, for kids. It's, it's a new take on a very old-fashioned yeah, idea. People have imagination. Well, I mean, you remember no, not me then. You remember um Majestic that yeah, game so I was that called say, you. I like ARGs when Majestic did it, but now it's, it's Yeah, the exactly. Internet. Majestic yeah, was fun. rad, dude. Now, Except, until, now, it's, now it's gone mainstream. In, I'm no longer yeah. into it. Yeah, well, until I checked the box that said, call me at three at any hour of the day, and you don't have to put the warning thing on. And I put my home phone number on. So one night, Gina was at home, gets a threatening, we know who you are, and we're coming to get you. Next thing, she calls the police and freaks that was out. Great it was stuff. fucking terrible. Loved it. Um, but the portal arg is going on right now. Arg. Oh, there's a portal arg? Yeah. Portal Didn't 2 know. arg. Well, yeah. The big rumor is and, – and the the thing with ARGs now is because so many online communities working on it, especially for a high profile. They have to be really with, hard. With uh, Portal. Like they did it and I think Valve expected people to break it. But they broke the code and, and in within like half an hour. Like the other day, all of those potato sack games got updates and all of, the, all of them had clues. And by the end of the day, two-thirds had been solved, and some of them were brutally difficult. Why doesn't this work? Like, why can't you say to the internet, okay, solve the economy and get an answer in 30 minutes? <laughs> because it's, it's not a game. Well, yeah, they, because it's not a solvable problem. Because it, it, once, you, once you have the answer, it's the Douglas Adams thing again. It, somebody in Islington just came up with the idea for Life, the Universe, and everything, and right. three minutes later, the planet's going to get blown up. But the planet's not getting blown up. Yeah, but even if, if you if somebody comes up and says, hey, I know how we can all be happy and live together as one, then they're going to get shot in the head by some lunatic five years later, just like John Lennon. Huh. Or just ignored and laughed out and they'll end up homeless and destitute. Okay. It's not a – we don't have a society that, that, that rewards messiah complexes. But going back to Portal and yeah. something less depressing, uh, the culmination of the ARG is the rumor that Portal will get released April 15th as opposed to 19th. Today's oh. April 13th. So Friday. I'm taking Friday and Tuesday off, by the way. It's going to be very good for Geeks with Game of Thrones and Portal 2 yeah. all happening kind of in the same few days. Yeah, and Mortal, and the Mortal Kombat. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess that technically makes There's, it some kind there of trifecta. Are, there are people who are into the Mortal Kombat. I know there are. I, it's, I, it's, it's supposed me. to be good, so... It's really disappointing Hold on. when... Okay. I'm going to play the song, We're Done, Gary, really? Norm, no, thank you for coming I was just going to say, it's going to be really disappointing when people, you know, we, we joked about the outtakes being infused into this episode, but some people are legitimately waiting for a structured for fake two outtakes. two hours and 20 minutes of after, us rambling. After the question. We can always skip forward, but they're missing some good outtakes that are brewed right into that's the rest. That's the thing. Oh I, I, that's God. what I'm saying. The, the, gold, the gold was hidden the with buried, with geocached. geocached the, <laughs> the, the, the outtakes right in, into in the, the podcast. Episode, Oh uh, so the fake outtakes are just going to be coordinates, timestamps. I feel even. this is so meta. I feel bad releasing <laughs> this podcast. Here's the, I'm playing the music, then we can talk about things and stuff. Hi there, I didn't see you. That's it. I love planets. I love being on one. That's it.
Where did that new Norm? That's thing my come favorite from? one. That's I've not heard that one. Is uh, that new? Do- oh, that might have been introduced while you were gone. I love planets. I love being on. <laughs> I love one. being That's on fantastic. one. What's that from? Even I don't. Oh, it's from uh, Apps of the Week. When we did the solar system thing. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the secret how to do all those tricks. I'm, I'm reclining now. I'm. I've, I've brought the microphone up to me. I'm using the belly rest. It's time to kick back and yeah, and cut loose. Yeah. Um, let your freak flag fly, Norm. What, so I would like to apply here, to be the here, perfect no, port, well, well, portal co-op. Let, let me explain. You, the scenario. You, here's the thing. No, well, let, let you me, don't want any part of this. Trust me. <laughs> this is a here, death trip. Here's scenario. So the point is. Portal, and I we know people who have I, I know people who have beat Portal, who Portal Two, and in fact, Norm, you and I have our own history with Portal, where a bunch of us over Skype, where yeah. we, we we played not yeah, so, uh, because we all had our own single player. I'm gonna talk the entire here's the entire discussion. Oh, see, I played the first one at Valve when I, I did the review. I oh well, lardy fucking da. Well, I, no, but it was sad because I had to come back and I didn't get to play it again for like six weeks. I would have sat down and played right through again. I will tell you exactly what how this. Oh, let me tell my story. So, I know people who beat Portal Two. Two people. Two people. Three at least people. two people who've beat Portal 2. Four people. Okay. And the one thing they all say is that single player is great, obviously. Of course. Multiplayer, the co-op, yeah, magical. wonderful. Yeah. But unlike the single player, you are very dependent on who you play it with. Can we talk about this? Is this embargoed? Well, I'm not saying who's played it. Yeah, I know. But but if they shared information. I don't sure. think this is anything. I, I mean, people they invite people to go all the time and play it. Okay. And... The point is, and you can, you can you can you know deduce this logically, right? Even if you haven't played the game, p- people who are looking forward to Portal Two know that you're only gonna get one chance to play Portal Two co-op, or and even single player, the first time. Really, yeah. do and anything and for the first time. Exactly. In Portal One, the most the best experience was the first time. Playing we only had through. one chance to make this podcast awesome. First, first impressions time. last. Oh yeah, yeah. And. I think I think you're I think you're being very hard on this podcast, Will. I think this was a good one. I, I think it's a wonderful I, podcast. I think you don't like the fact that it was a little bit. Kind I of, feel like we went off the rails about twenty five seconds, maybe thirty seconds the, in. That's part of the fun, though. Okay. You came in. I should have known. You came in and said, "You know, this has been a really slow news week." <laughs> we so should, anyway, go ahead. So uh, we're Portal all two. I don't want anyone out there saying, "Oh well, yes, Will. He runs the most disciplined <laughs> tech podcast." Ever. Oh, I don't want that either. You don't want that. No, you don't. No, no, want I don't that. want that. Be boring. Yeah, I've, I've listened to those podcasts. <laughs> so Portal 2 Co-op, which is from our reports and from what Valve says, you know, pretty much the same length as single player. Just Eight hours, important. really? Just as important as single player. Oh. And I tell you, it blows my mind given how fiendish some of the single player puzzles were in the first game. Mm-hmm. When yeah, you add a second a thing and four portals, like yeah. I can't even begin to comprehend how crazy some of those you puzzles can't play must be. One, you got to play it with someone who... I mean, everyone's going to play it one time through. You can't play with someone who has other responsibilities. You only get you only get that. that I'm playing right? on you Tuesday. That, you only off. get that rush of endorphins when okay. a puzzle unlocks for you yeah. the first oh, time. Oh yeah. yeah. If if I'm playing with Will and oh Chloe's barking, gotta take the dog out. Do I gotta pause my game for 15, 20 minutes? Well, Will wants the dog. I, See, this I'll is, what, this is what I'm saying. He's he, this is going to be like. Oh man. This is going to be like a second. He's going to yell at me, isn't he? Being Norm's co-op partner is a very high high so pressure. Jer- oh, Jeremy Williams, I am me yesterday. Oh, he has children. And he, and the thing is, yeah, but he'll, but let he's them, he'll just let them go to go to pot. <laughs> and he'll Gary, lock, them, he'll lock them in partner. the basement. He yeah, asked you me. and I will be like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. Whereas Norm's going to be like, I am unsatisfied with your performance. That's, that's right. Yeah, I don't want to be yelled at. Yeah. We're and, cool though. Yeah, it's going to. It's all good. And so we don't care about winning. As we'll, much. we'll just fuck around and make crazy world breaking yeah. portals. We'll just keep like throwing each other right. through. But world breaking portals is is awesome. That's part of the immersion gameplay. Um. And the first time I played Portal, like you lose, you get I rescinded my about. application. When we told when, you when Portal One came out, we got on Skype 
and we played the it game was so through. fun. Even though it was a single player, we were all game. playing our own individual games. Yeah. But we were we would wait for each other to go through the levels, the I'm, levels. I'm so gonna, that we were all yeah. discovering it. At but the same here's time. the thing: I'm that gonna, works with Portal One because the narrative didn't really kick in until halfway through the game, right? And the first part, it was still fun to discover Portal. I mean, you could still listen to like all the, the Glados stuff, right? Yeah. But you could still do it kind of like semi cooperatively by proxy, but with co op. I mean, you can't, obviously can't do it this time with single player because it's so narrative driven, so mm. dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. But with co op, I mean, you only can get, you can't do four people on co op. It's two people. You're, it's right. One on one communication. Right. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I'll play with Brad. He's yeah, cool. I mean, I think you need. Mm. I think you need a ser- someone like a Brad, like someone who takes it very seriously, yeah. who can play at a high level. Because again, Norm's not. Norm You've seen Brad play games before. Well, Brad's supposed to be good at games. Brad's right? good at games. Okay, Brad so has a reputation. To you need a Jeff or a, or a Ryan or a Brad, like a, a semi-pro or oh, just man. a pro. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Brad's not going to be able to hold up to the kind of yelling that you can deliver when you I get play upset Starcraft about stuff. With him and because if Norm's, oh, yeah. if, if Norm is getting stuck on levels and feeling like the other player is the weakest link, yeah. then that's not going to be a good time for that. Right. Other if, if I'm if I'm missing key like scripting parts of the game because I'm help the other person. Through the level, oh boy, I'll be very disappointed. Well, you and I will be co-op partners because yeah. I think you and I. Have I like to get a little drunk before I kind of Lebowski. Well like have a Caucasian yeah. and just whatever exactly. will happen will happen. We uh, Whereas Norm is going to be shouting at the other guy over right. Skype, and I wanna, ideally, what I need is oh a clone boy. of me. <laughs> Don't you have <laughs> a twin brother? Need, two right. Don't you have a twin brother? No, well, fraternal twins. It doesn't count. I um, need I need a clone of me to, to play Portal with. You know, I have to say, Brad said the other day after he played make, StarCraft with you and your brother, your younger brother. If you, if he you said were, he was scared of your your younger yeah. brother. If oh, you yeah. were exactly the same though, and you were both stuck, yeah. in the game, doesn't that mean that you would both always be stuck, or you would both have the no, find this the, is a, the, the consciousness splits oh, the moment? And, and now we go into science oh, talk. Boy. Oh, no, no, this, this is, is philosophy talk, not no, science because talk. you would have had a different life, different experiences. experiences. And your brain it depends on whether you well, believe even, genetic. Even, or, even if the clone me was. Uh, was oh, created boy. right before the portal game began. Mm. The experience leading up to the point where we're stuck, the two hours, three hours in, whatever it is, mm-hmm. yeah. that would be enough to to get the, uh, the, the brain molecules splitting off in different directions. Yeah. So you see things differently. Well, the first time when you when you look at when you look at you number you prime and you prime looks at you one from a different perspective, everything's that's splits. what I'm saying. That if he, if you cloned yourself exactly the same so that mm-hmm. It was up until the up until the point you were cloned, you had the yep. exact same life experiences and everything else. Here's the thing. Well, that was the point of the prestige, right? The only way this would work is if it's a prestige situation where both of you wake up in a featureless white room. All that's in front of you is a computer with portal. You walk up. There's a voice mask on the other person, so you don't realize that the person you're playing with is an exact clone of you. So you'd have to manage the experiences so everybody has the exact same experience, and neither of you knows which one is Norm Prime well, yeah, or Norm. You, norm you don't want to be. Beta. You don't want to be the guy who wakes up in the box. You want to be the guy who gets the. Right. Uh, you don't want to be the other stage. You want. You want to. You well, if you remember, the they did that in multiplicity. It. Remember when Michael Keaton Fuck cloned multiplicity, himself? Dude. No, but it was. They they did it. <laughs> You've taken. It was a good touch. The first time. Low. The first time that he cloned himself, he woke up from the process. Yeah. Not realizing that he was actually the cloned version. Right. He thought he was. He was. That was. The he big thought twist. he was Michael Keaton Prime. He wasn't. That's also you know, and the, that's what that that, would be that's the, the plot of Six Day too. Right. What's the Six Day? That's Arnold that's the Arnold Schwarzenegger clone movie. So he's the clone. I don't. Th- I don't think you need to go as far as a clone. I just think you need to find someone who takes gaming and winning as seriously as you. Actually, you probably should clone yourself. Yeah. Because I don't know if there's an, an, someone else. Oh, out what, there. what if Charlie Sheen in Portal? But what, but what if if the cl- the clone? You know, when you make a copy, then there's something is like, you know, It's not quite as 
winning from you know, this. If it's, even if it's only norm at 99.9%. The problem with all this is this isn't a competitive game. This is a cooperative game. That doesn't, but, but, but that doesn't matter. No, no, no. Norm wants to beat the game, and if he feels like someone is letting, letting him down. I, no, I, but, want to be the, I want to get the best first experience. But that's the thing, is the best first that, experience, coming at it with this level of aggression, Norm needs a counterpoint to help him chill out about the whole winning thing so that he can actually sit back and smell the oh, flowers no, I, I, and I, enjoy this game. I, 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 I want to enjoy I mean, the game the no matter what. I just want to make sure that the, I just, the points of failure are minimized. There, there, there are no opportunities for failure. Hmm. But in, I, I, in I'm, I'm still not quite game. sure what your criteria is because you say that you want to just have the best experience. Mm-hmm. I think for you, though, in your mind, the best experience means dominating the game. No, no, well, best, no, 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 it's and, not. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it, the best experience is getting the exact experience that Valve intended without any interruptions right. or breaks. And that, and so, and, okay, so, what, so pausing the game so that Will can let the dog out is... That that breaks the immersion. For yeah, you. because in my in my ideal playthrough of Portal, I, I get go through it all once and I'm immersed. Mm. Well, so now why not pick Evan or someone in your house where you can I, contain the well, situation? There's, there's there, there are certain reasons I can't yeah. pick uh, someone oh, in my house. Okay, why why is that? Because some of them may or may not have already beat the game. Oh, I see. And so the fact that they already have seen the future. Yes, that that will. They that, have attained. Okay, so they, okay, so they're not. It's like playing Left 4 Dead DLC with somebody who's already played it. Not as much fun, right? Because they know right. everything that's going to happen, and then oh, I see, and that would yeah. pollute your experience. Yeah. yeah, you don't want somebody to say, "Hey, make sure you're paying attention. This next part is awesome." Yeah, that, you, yeah, you don't want that, right? I think so, we should all get on Skype and play single player together. Oh, that was fun. That. When we did and, that. And what I Let's said, make the podcast. And, and here's the thing: that was fun. I, when we did I, I don't that. think it's going to work that time because unlike the first game, the second game has a ton of dialogue like there's the whole Stephen yeah. Merchant character and so yeah I don't you, know if I want you, want want you blathering over. on in my ear when I'm trying to listen to Stephen right, Merchant because we might be at different points of the when, when the uh, you can, the I just parts turn start. the Skype knob down right like do you set like at any level who was the other celebrity voice that they put in Portal 2 there was another uh, JJ uh, JK Simmons JK, JK Simmons. Simmons did the new ad yeah which is a really yeah. good ad well he I, the, the theory is he's the owner of Aperture Science right He's the bombastic corporate overlord. So, Norm, at this point, do you, I mean, do you have a, a candidate? Do you have a short list? Do you have like list a short list? Yeah. Do you have a short list? No. Well, you better get on it. Game comes out in a few every, days. Everyone, Gary, will you be my portal buddy? I'll be your portal buddy. Because, see, this is, what ha- this, is, this is what happens when you have lower standards. Right. <laughs> the, the life just opens up for you. Yeah. Hey, uh, the dog you know, needs you know, to go out. I'll just go get some more Oreos. Number one yeah. rule in life, never settle. I'm not settling. I think Gary's a perfect portal buddy. Yeah, well, I think we've got about. I want to have the the good experience as well, but I'm not going right. to fucking freak out if Will needs to yeah. take a break for ten minutes. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, I thought Norm would be a good portal buddy because I enjoy playing games with Norm. But now I'm totally stressed out about it. Just hearing the <laughs> level of pressure he's putting on whoever he's going to go, I like. I don't need that fucking kind of pressure when I'm trying to play a game and enjoy myself. Yeah. The thing I got to avoid though is Gina wants to be my portal buddy because she wants to play co-op. Oh, I, I haven't even checked if Leah wants to be my portal oh. buddy. No, no, no. You don't want that. <laughs> Because the thing is, if if Gina is my portal buddy, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be like she's going to want to play for like thirty minutes at a chunk, and it's going to take me three months to finish that See, game. Yeah, it, this is the exact same problem, but just e- extrapolated, it's blown up. No, no. I feel like Norman and I problem. are in the same. I'm not thre- in the same time zone here on this. What? In in the sense that you know, you and I will will probably be able to. The pace at which we would yeah, we'll play, play through three the game or four hours at a time, same, yeah. and then you know, the only problem is I work during the day. What are you trying to so say? So you have to control you. You you're gonna have to not go out and hit, find some random during the daytime. Well, I, what, are you suggesting that I don't work <laughs> no. during the day? Well, you're, you've been on vacation for. A I've, week had, or I've two. had a couple of weeks where of Gary, day off, Gary time. Yeah, 
I'm going to die off this lawsuit for two weeks right. now. <laughs> right. Sometimes that means something else, but in this case, not so much. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, e- evening time. Okay. I mean, I can commit to evenings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really serious about taking Tuesday off. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to play every night of the week, though. No, it's going to—it's oh. like three nights at see, the this, outside. See, this, again, this is what Norm wants to do. Norm, Norm wants to fucking plow through this. Get through it. And also, this I, go, I, I, I don't know whether you, you're playing the co-op without having played the single player is possible. That's the question. I don't know what the, if that's... I think I'm probably going to want to play the single story. Yeah, I, I want like to do play the story mode first. first. Sure, and then, and then do the co-op, even though I know there are separate characters. Because um, you want to get back into the swing of it, yeah. you know, the, the, get your you gotta mind. Get, well, you got to think. You want to get thinking with. You got to think a little recursive. You got to yeah. be thinking with. Portals. And I'm sure everyone's playing the first way game to repeat the marketing again. line. I just did that last weekend. It was awesome. That game holds up. Fucking un- I still, unbelievable. I, I still think one of the, one of the very best games of the last ten years. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, just brilliant. And that's why it might blow my and, mind. And, and, thinking yet, of and yet, four and yet, will uh, the uh, orange box is not a is not a perfect ten. I continue. I stand by that. Let's let's talk about that on PC. Yeah, orange box. Where, where was Will, the, where Will was was the point? What was the weak link in that episode chain? two? Okay. Bullshit. So, episode so two is great. Here, no, no. Even, even. Let's okay. Because it's a matter of perspective, and obviously up to the reviewer. This is we've already had this conversation. Not, not on, on the this podcast. Property. This is a. Oh Christ! I don't want to do when this Will again. People hate me when we have this conversation. And the editor in chief of Maximum PC. Yeah. And reviewed Orange Box. Yep. He, he loved. I, I would say you liked to love. You liked the range of like to love you for the entire game as a whole. There are parts that you liked and parts that you love. Of episode two or no, of, of Orange Box? I love Portal. Love Team Fortress. How is, I mean, how is that not a 10 just on its own? And that's Episode thing. two. So if I, if, yeah, but that doesn't bring anything else down. Just consider, right. just consider it an extra freebie that you, it was still just great and instead of absolutely brilliant. I've had this conversation like 12 times in the last year. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you're going to do something like commit a, a reviewing sin like no. that, it's going to haunt you for a long time. If If... What's the difference between that and the last act of ba- of Bioshock being bad? The difference is that's one self-contained experience. I was looking at different games. Orange Box is a self-contained experience. Wrong. I paid forty nine dollars and got a three games, but you couldn't buy the game separately. Like if I had reviewed Portal, it would have gotten a ten. If I had reviewed Team Fortress Two, it would have gotten a ten. If I had reviewed Half Life Episode Two, it would have gotten like an eight point five. Well, I actually think that would have been the correct way to review it. I would have given the individual game scores. I wouldn't have tried to slap. A, but you a couldn't score on you, the, on at the, the on time. The you couldn't buy them separately, right? But no, I still would. I would have reviewed. I would have given instead of but, giving I mean, the giving the Orange Box a score. But, I would have given each of the but, games a score and let people figure out. Oh, from for there. fuck's sake, though! If you're going to do that, are you like when you review a collection of twenty seven Atari games? Are you going to split out each well, of the twenty-seven Atari? I'm just saying, it's that that is a giant ass cop out because Valve is is a friend of the PC gaming industry. I mean, if you, if you if you if you judge well, well, three components, that's like saying, oh, I'm going to give the Battlefield three single player a, t- a seven and the Battlefield three multiplayer. I, mean, a 10. I agree that you have to be it has to be one score, but it's kind right. of a moot point for me because I would have given every component still, a ten. It's still a ten. And, and I mean, even though uh, do you remember Orange Box also had original Half Life and Episode One? Yes, it Pars did. Orange Box. I mean, those are old games. Do they diminish the experience because those are included? Well, that's a bonus. I mean, well, they, well Soldier Fortune Two came. Bonus. With Soldier of Fortune One. As a whole, that package. Everybody box. has every PC gamer in the world has Counter Strike or Half Life. If, if you say that you and and you've said before the episode or Team Fortress Two, you'd gladly pay fifty bucks for that happily. Right, right. So there, there you I go. Have, right. And, and that's a ten. So there you go. Just think of it as fifty bucks for a ten game, and you get all this other shit for free. That doesn't doesn't have to yeah, bring but when, the score. When down. a game comes out with bad multiplayer, a otherwise good game, and it has terrible multiplayer, do you deduct points for the bad multiplayer? 
Not not if the single player is a ten, and you would have paid full price for that. Yeah, I agree. I hate you both. <laughs> We're getting well shit. I mean, we this is something I've caught shit about at least three times a year since Half Life. I mean, it's, two it's amazing out. to me. It's just purely think about Portal and Team Fortress Two, two of the best games ever made. For fifty bucks, on that Dude, alone I, is unbelievable. I, I I believe me. I had these conversations. The point is, Valve totally fucked up by not by not selling those individually. They realized it later because they came back and did it. I mean, the reason they did it is because they were afraid people weren't going to fucking buy Portal, but they didn't have to worry about that because the game is unbelievable and it should have stood on its own. Well, people still people still, and I think very wrongly, people still complain that the game was too short. Those people are dumbasses. They're wrong. I mean, I thought the game was exactly the right length. I, think, I would have taken more. I happily. think if they had released that released Portal alone at fifty bucks, I think they would have taken some flack for it. If they had and again, released I think a demo, wrongly, but I think they ha- would have. They couldn't have released it at fifty bucks. It would have been a thirty dollar game at the length it was. Just, it was a thirty dollar game when when, it was when they really, well then they get away. I, I still think that's a fool's argument. I think that yeah, the, when I finish playing a game, I don't think a three hour movie is is inherently better than a two hour movie. I go by the quality of the experience. You don't pay sixty bucks for a three hour movie that's though. No, but I, but I don't, but I don't pay ten dollars. I don't pay five dollars extra for the three hour movie either. No, I'd pay less for the three hour movie usually. So the Fuck point, those guys. The point I'm making is, I go by the quality of the experience. When I was done playing Portal, I, I wasn't thinking about how long it was. A lot of the longer games are full of bullshit filler i'm raising my hand now what's that for i wanted to, to it almost looks a bit like a speak. nazi salute <laughs> it was not an oh god damn this is getting worse um the other thing about the those that that game is i felt like it, it is entirely possible had i played that in the other order i would have felt differently about it because i played i team fortress 2 beta had been out mm-hmm. i played i'd played a lot of that didn't play that at all when i was reviewing was the game Fortress 2 beta yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, you have a badge for it because you played in the pre-beta in the beta. Oh, man, you get a, like the, that little metal pre-order. thing. If you if you pre-order, if you pre-ordered, yeah, there was yeah, a beta for like three yeah, weeks yeah. before uh, Orange Box came out. Wow, it's so long ago, years and years. Ago. Um, yeah. so I'd already played uh, a great experience with Team Fortress. I went up to Valve to do the review because you know working in a magazine, you have to do that, or else you're gonna might always be three months late with game reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sat down. The first thing I played was Portal, and then. After I finished with Portal, I was like, this is a fucking unbelievable experience. Went back and played some of the challenge rooms. Really, really amazed all the way through. And then I went and played Half-Life Episode 2, which the pacing is kind of off, I think. I think it's it's slow. There's all those weird outdoor areas with all the driving that was the worst part of Half-Life Two. Yeah, the vehicle sections were not were not great. Right, and there were a lot of vehicle sections. Fantastic uh, final battle, though. One of the one of the. I don't like the final battle. Really? No, the final battle is th- that that whole mechanism of chucking the, of having to go fetch the fucking footballs and then throw the footballs on the back of the striders is is tedious and I, and, and it's not good. I just liked it because I'm so tired of hit the weak spot for massive damage. I, I totally agree, but that is not the right solution for hit the weak. I can't believe we're having an argument about a game that is. Six year, five years old at this point. Six the question years old. is, how is Norm going to find this buddy? This, I don't know. This, this, we should have this a contest. A, I, I should ask I should do a reality show. I, <laughs> it's too late. Well, it's speed of the internet. Well, that's true. And really, it could be with anyone. If you want to be Norm's Portal 2 buddy, send I, a, a, a test reel with some sort of yeah, symbol of your, your devotion. Speed runs, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Speed runs. It has to smell the flowers. Show your commitment. We, we yeah. want to see you neglecting your family, your dog, your children, well, well your wife. Rounded. But Norm, again, given that Norm is preserving the sanctity of the first time experience, again, he's yeah. giving away his portal flower, as he <laughs> described oh earlier. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> so <terrible>. horrible. <laughs> 
He's not he's not going to do that with some bum he just found off the internet. No matter how good the, the resume looks, he's going to want to go with someone that he already knows. I'm going to tell you, you Jeremy can't be trusted. Jeremy falls I think asleep Jeremy early. Can. Yeah, maybe. He does have kids. No, right. Portals is one of his favorite games. I understand that. Yeah, but, but he, Jeremy – the magic. Jeremy's a Jeremy's it's, it's an early you, Jeremy was always the first one asleep at Team Fortress Two. Night. You are the young, free, single, high flying right. guy up till three o'clock in the morning. Jeremy's got a wife. And you know pets who might be your best kids. bet? He's the anti norm. Stapes. Stapleton's married, but he no, doesn't have kids. No kids, and they stay up late because his yeah. wife she, works terrible that, uh, hours. Stapleton, she's a resident. Oh St- man, Stapleton could be the yeah. could be the way to go. I might go oh. for Stapes. Actually. What? I'm right here. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're still sitting here. My bad. I think I think the Norm Stapes combo that that could be the way to Stapes go. Stapes is a good guy to play co op games with. I've done that before. Yeah, I'll, I'll give is, him a vote. His PC gaming credentials obviously right. are very very strong. Right. I mean, the only thing you have to do is make sure you never talk about Xboxes or anything like that around or politics or politics. Is he a Portal fan? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. of course. He's a PC yeah. gamer. Yeah, but he is, sometimes he, he's got so, sometimes he's a contrarian. Taste. Yeah. yeah, but Stapes is a Stapes is a good possibility. I think you should make those inquiries. That could be the way to go. Mm. You don't want to go with Jeremy yeah. for the reasons that we've said. I mean, I love Jeremy, but Jeremy is always the first one out I'll on TF2 nights. Yeah, you need a backup too. I miss TF2 nights. You never play TF2 anymore. No, it's such a hassle to turn that PC on. <laughs> the, the one we helped you build less than a year ago. Oh, my God. The one that's already plugged into your monitor. I just uh, I just played. Don't um, you just have to, like, bend over and press the button down and to the left? I just, you know, it's such a, such a <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I'm just saying you, you reach out with your finger and you push the button. Actually, I've got to play Crisis. I, I, fin- I did play on it recently. I played Homefront on it to completion. I'm, I'm holding out on Crisis until DX11 patches out. Uh, I'm going to go and tell you crisis, that, then. crisis is good, but it's just a fucking – it's one – one. It's it, it, there's no relief. Time. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you're just tired. The other problem with Team Fortress 2 is I'm a little – I'm actually a little nervous about going back because the game has evolved with fucking hats and, this, and, the, and the market and everything that's going on. I, yeah, I worry it's, it's, it's the same game. Play well, it, it's a little too competitive now even for the casual people who jump on from time to time because everyone knows the games. Everyone's pretty good. I remember back in the day we played 2-4 and – Shoot the shit on Skype, and Gary, you just sit as an engineer, sit in the corner, whacking that sentry for hours. Yeah, I used to love that. <laughs> yeah, I got I got like 50, 60 kills on that thing one time. You just yeah. couldn't get me. There's something really satisfying about when you find the perfect spot, and they just oh, can't. Just like the, the the team with no demo. And man. they just keep that's the best just time to be an engineer. People at you, yeah. and it's just a slaughterhouse. It's like one soldier after another firing four useless rockets. I'm kind of boring though, because I only like to play a handful of maps. That's fine. Usually the maps that you guys are on, you're playing like these crazy maps that don't. There, there are so many. We have started. Now. I'm going to cut the rotation way down on our server because I like Dust Bowl. Yeah, everybody likes Dust Bowl. I still like Two Four. I don't care what anyone. No says. one plays Two Four. Fuck it's you. the classic no experience. Hydro is so bad. Uh, few people play well. I like well. I like. Hydro. I like CTF well. Don't like CTF. I don't, nobody, nobody plays. CTF doesn't work for pickup. I'll come back on. Let's if we play some classic maps. Okay. I'll, we'll I'll do play. a classic Team Fortress night. Okay. Throwback. That's what I need. I need that to get back into the swing of it because you throw me back in at the deep end. And yeah, it's a map if you, if you have no new weapons, new maps, on. you're going to be really confused. No, nothing is worse for me than, than a map that I'm confused by. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. So let's do that. Yeah. Put on some clothes you owned in 2007. But I think the Stapleton factor is where you need to go for Portal. I, I, I think he's the right guy. I'm stopping this podcast. How, how long? Are we, how far are we in? <laughs> Two hours, 48 minutes. Wow. It could be a new record. I think there's like 15 minutes at the beginning that we were just talking while I was sound checking. Though. Okay. So. About two, okay. All that's right. a lot of fucking that's podcast. Good. I think this could be our best. 